This episode of the Music Dicks is brought to you by Two Sisters Hemp Boutique. Two Sisters Hemp Boutique are locally owned and operated right here in the mountain state of West Virginia. They focus on hemp and CBD products, and they support local farmers and processors. They have a wide variety of CBD and hemp products, including Delta 8 THC. All these things help aid in pain relief, anxiety, depression, sleep, fatigue, and many other things. They offer vapes, tinctures, topicals, edibles, pet supplies, and flour. They also offer a 20% veteran discount every single day. You can find many local companies in their stores, such as Blue Ridge Extractions, Pharma CBD, Whispering Winds, and Natural Family. They offer reputable products and budget-friendly prices, and they're located at 407 Buckhannon Pike in Nutter Fort, West Virginia. You can contact them by telephone at 304-969-9413. You can follow them on Facebook at Two Sisters Hemp Boutique and on Instagram at Two Sisters Hemp WV. Make sure you tell them that the music dick sent you. What's going on, dickheads? Thank you guys very much for listening to another episode of the Music Dicks Podcast. Sad news today. Tristan's not here. He's no longer with us. I mean, he's alive. He's just not in the studio right now. Um, I believe he's at his humble abode. He's not here. I mean, I already told you. He's not here. So we got Andy Benson here today. A new uh, a new voice, a new face. A new, uh, yeah, a new voice, a new face. You remember, you're not going to see his face unless you know who he is, but new person on the show here. How's it going? Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk to Andy. Um he is, um, how, how should I say, a uh, connoisseur of country, uh, much more than I, so, uh, than I am. So basically, we're going to talk about some country music today. I'm probably going to get lost a lot. You're probably going to have to explain a lot of things. Not only for me, well, I mean, I, who knows? We might have a huge closeted uh, listeners out there, a bunch of closeted listeners that love country that I'm just not aware of. We're going to talk about country today. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, you know, who are you? Where you're from? Let, let our listeners know who you are. Because, I mean, realistically, I don't even know you that well. No, no. Yeah. We, we met several years ago. Several years ago. And uh, we've just kind of been parallel with each other since. Uh, I'm Andy. I am from Shenston, West Virginia. Please don't hold that against me. <laughs> Started playing music around the age of 10. Uh, was learning to play in church. Grandmother played in church. All that, you know, you guys know that story. I, it's almost the same story for me, man. Church is where it all started for yep. me. I uh, had some problems with a guitar and fell out and quit playing for about eight years. So when I turned uh, 18, I bought a guitar and decided, well, I'm going to learn to play again. I learned to play harmonica at the time. And a friend of mine stopped me one night, heard me play, and he said, hey, I got a band. You interested in playing some harmonica? I said, yeah, absolutely. So he gave me a list of about six or seven songs to learn. And two months later, he fired half the band. And he says, hey, can you play rhythm guitar? And I'm like, well, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned to play rhythm uh, in short notice. That band was called Jack of All Spades. That was 15 years ago, 16 yeah. years ago. Wow. Yeah. So it's been some time. And uh, I've been hit or miss since then. Had a couple bands since, local bands. Uh, one was called uh, Bad Magic. I played with Zach McCormick and Kevin Costello and it. And uh, we had a little side thing called Elvis Nixon. We played uh, a little bit of punk, a little bit of country music, some scumbag country, I called it, yeah. some Hank 3 and things like that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at musically. Um, Punk's something I've never gotten into. Uh, it's it, ne- never something, I, it's definitely something I've never, I've never wanted to play it. It's fun. I mean, I don't doubt that at all. Because I mean, you <laughs> see these guys on stage, I'm sure they're yeah. having fun. To me, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've not heard much punk music that really did it for me. And I say that it's funny because like the Sex Pistols, Ramones, all that stuff, like I think it's awful. 
Right. I mean that that's how I mean. To, I, to, I mean to each their own. Everybody likes their their own thing, and there's yeah. plenty of people out there that love punk music. I know that that's why it's a huge thing. Talk about early Green Day. Like early Green Day is cool with me. I mean not that it's a Sex Pistols, but it's punky. See, I wouldn't call it punk. It's got elements of punk in it. I'll I, say that. I'll much. agree with that, and I'd agree with the original statement. I don't know. I don't just listen to punk. Yeah. No. Yeah. But for me, you it seem went, like you're a you know genuinely happy guy. You for, know? Yeah, <laughs> you know for I mean? the most part, for me. When I started playing this stuff, I was going through that rebellious stage of my oh, life yeah. anyways. Mm-hmm. So it went with that outlaw country yeah. for me. So those things meshed really well. Yes, it was, it was pop punk for me back in the day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Fallout Boys, the Panic at the Disco, stuff like that. I mean, I was painting my nails black and wearing <laughs> and wearing girl jeans on stage when I was you know, out of high school and stuff like that. And it's funny because I don't like punk music, right? I don't usually like anything pop music, but I love pop punk. I, I know people, they didn't grow up in that in that thing when it was really in their time, in the, like the, the mid to late 2000s when it was really, really big. Right. And they don't understand it. <laughs> and like... I listen. I mean, I still listen to Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, and stuff like that because I I find great musical value in that stuff. Not that it was just a scene thing or a sure, phase for sure. me, but I've never pop and punk as as a whole by themselves is nothing I've ever really really liked. I don't know. Yeah, it's, teach it's a, their yeah, own. A, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Green Day, although not like. Sex Pistols and the Ramones, punky. I, I just find that there's elements of punk in there. Right. I mean, that's probably as punky as it gets for me. Yeah. Realistically. We transitioned it. It, it worked somehow, like I said, with the Hank 3 stuff and the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Hellbound Glory. No, that doesn't sound familiar. They have some really kind of driven kind of scumbag country feel. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, it's an interesting, it's an interesting sound, but. It worked. It worked. People seem to have liked it. The, we got elements of the rock crowd. We got elements of the country crowd, and the, and they met in the middle. Like uh, I saw Hank three in Morgantown a couple years ago, and that was the weirdest mix of crowd I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, I don't doubt it. Oh, it was Not a, it was bit. weird. That yeah. was a mosh pit to to banjos. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> Hank three. Although it's not something that I listen to. I mean, I I've never put on Hank three. I think in my life, I've heard his stuff. Some of his stuff. I know the, um, oh, he had a song about the whites, or oh, yeah. um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but they used to play it at the Strand all the time when we were on break or when we were tearing down. It wasn't a bad song, right? but his music is not something that I can get into. Now, Hank Jr., another one of those people, I've never really cared for Hank Jr. You know, same. I love Hank Sr., Think Hank Senior's great. Same. Fantastic. Hank Junior I've never really got into. And there's a lot of Bocephus fans out there that are diehard Bocephus fans. And I just I've never got it. I mean, he's got the hits. He's got hits yeah. that were hits for reason. Country Boy Can Survive's a big song for a reason. You know, All My Rowdy Friends is a big song. Uh Family Tradition. Big songs, but they've just never done anything for me musically. I don't know. For you know, for me, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm also one of those Hank Senior guys and I'm a Hank Three guy. There were select songs for Hank Junior. I feel yeah. like he was in the generation of musicians for me that he wasn't even in the top three. Oh no, I would agree with that. You and know, I'm not a huge country guy. Absolutely no. not in the top three. Nowhere near the top no. three, in my opinion. Especially guys that sang that lived what they sang. Yeah, guys like Johnny Paycheck and Billy Joe Shaver, absolutely. who both actually shot people. Yeah, Billy Joe Shaver shot a guy in the head in Texas. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like Junior. You, you see, I mean, a lot of artists do it, but early Junior with no beard, looking all clean cut and pretty, <laughs> and then like you know, 15, 20 years later, big old beard and country as can be. Willie and Waylon, you can find pictures of them like the same. Really? Way. Oh, I don't oh, yeah. doubt it. But you yeah. know what I mean. Well, it's just like. 
like uh, old Willie. Yeah. I mean, Willie, when Willie first started, what was it? It's not, is it Patsy Cline? What was Crazy. It? Crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Willie. I mean, yep. completely different. I, I've watched a lot of, like I said, I've seen Willie. I've told you, I think, before we started recording, I've seen Willie live. I hold Willie in very high regard because of, A, what he's given to country music and the things that he's accomplished over the years. He's got great songs. He was a great, mm-hmm. great writer. I've watched a bunch of interviews with him. He's a really, I don't know how to put it, he's a really interesting person. I mean, all around, really interesting person. And I mean, his offspring is incredible at music right. as well. I'm a huge Lucas Nelson fan, as I said yeah. earlier. I mean, he's fantastic. And he gets a lot of it from his father, you can only assume. All great songwriters, too. Willie is, is a good guitar player. Yeah. I mean, even in his old age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in his old age, you can still you can still hear it. You know, it, it, it was there at some point. Right. But yeah, I mean, but like I said, it's, it's passed on, I think, in his son. And that's that's what's great about, you know, having that kind of family thing when it comes to music. You know what I mean? Um, and Lucas has Willie's voice. Although oh, yeah. much more rocky, very nasally, very Willie, very Willie sounding. Yes, for sure. Um, but I mean, like I said, I, Willie is obviously... In, uh, in high regards when it mm-hmm. comes to country music, I mean, everybody knows who Willie Nelson is. Oh, for sure. Everybody, well, most people, at least guitar players know who Trigger is or what Trigger is, I should say. And how that damn thing's still holding together. <laughs> they, uh, a lot of big money. There's a, there's only one guy in Nashville that I, or may, he may not be in Nashville. There's only one man's ever allowed to work on that guitar. Oh, yeah, I've seen the video. Mm-hmm. There's a video on YouTube that I watched. It's crazy because the guy's like, yeah, the strings sound dead. There's all these dead frets, but Willie likes it like that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, you can't tell Willie what's good and no. what's not good. He knows by now That's what's right. good and what's not good. Yep, Willie gets what Willie wants. So country music is really, I don't want to say that that's obviously not the only thing you listen to, but that's sure. where you're rooted. It is, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not just old country, but, you know, obviously not pop country. We've already discussed that, and we're right. going to discuss that in, in whole, you know, further down the line. But I'm wearing my my uh, my Whitey Morgan shirt today. Yeah. It says, fuck pop country real fuck, big on the fuck back. Fuck pop country. He, he showed me that when he came in, and I mean, I can't I can't disagree with that not, at all whatsoever. When you listen to country, or, or being that you really like country, do you, uh, I mean, do you really, really appreciate or hold other genres such as bluegrass and Americana and folk up in high regards as well as country? Like, do you feel like it's a well-rounded thing for you because you like country so much? Yeah, I do. I do. And the reason being, I think, is is because country in itself as a genre pulls all those parts together yes. to become country. You know, that's, you know, if you look at the roots of country, you're talking folk. Absolutely. You're talking, you know, gospel. You're talking blues. Bl- blues, big time. Yeah. Big and, and time. that's where it all kind of came from originally you look at the carter family and and you know even early johnny cash and things like that that a lot of they were rooted in gospel and they showed up and it was just kind of the cry of the day yeah you know but but it evolved into something else and and it always evolves and that and that unfortunately this pop country movement is is an evolution yeah, it, of it, that thing and it, it started be, in the 70s it'll be gone but it'll come back around uh, just hope. like you said 70s it's back nowadays <laughs> but i've always said man music's a full circle it is, yes. What's popular now will not be popular sooner or later, but it'll come back around and be popular again. That's just how it goes. It's Absolutely. always it's always gone that way. I mean, look, I mean, not just in music itself, but look at the the way we listen to music. I mean, vinyl outsold CD this past year and the year before last for the first time since you know the late 80s i think i don't know 80s, right. something like that i mean it, it, everything in music it comes in a full circle that's the way i've always looked at it i came into a floor radio about six years ago yeah i listen i had uh led zeppelin 2 and i've never heard it the same way as i yeah. did the first time i heard that on vinyl i don't i don't want to be a uh not a scene get i always I always screw the term up but a um 
Hipster? Is that the word you're hipster. trying to avoid? <laughs> Literally, I, I can never remember the word hipster, but you look at my record collection and you would assume that I am a hipster. But I 100% believe that it sounds so much better. That's the way music is supposed to be listened to. For some reason, whoever said, hey, we should put music on this thing right here, listen to the way it sounds, they were right. Right. And obviously, it's a lot easier to go in your car and put a CD in 15 years ago, and now it's a lot easier just to hook your phone up to Bluetooth and listen to Spotify. But the way that it sounds on vinyl is just it's it's much better than anything that you're going to get on spotify or I on agree. a cd yep i agree that's the way i've always looked at it and like i said i don't want to be be a hipster i like ipas i've got record collections i've got a man bun i'm hipster i'm i'm treading hipster territory very i'm like there's a thin line right between us but i i just i've always i've always believed that my record collection says it all i mean everything from bb king to the fugees to a tribe called quest there's i mean everything in my record collection right. because what i like i believe sounds better on vinyl i agree i agree with that i always considered myself a violent hipster because a violent hipster yeah boxing for 10 years i'm a little less tolerant than most hipsters but i also really enjoy hanging out with them yeah i like the beers i like the, the ipas i like the music i like the good atmosphere but i also like meeting out in the parking lot if we have a disagreement yeah, so see it's it's, <laughs> it's funny because i mean most people probably don't know and feel free to tell them about the whole boxing thing because i mean sure. you haven't really mentioned that either so, so go I, ahead Sure, I haven't. I uh, started boxing about 10 years ago. I have uh, seven amateur, semi-pro, whatever you want to call them. West Virginia's got a weird thing there. I can explain that further if you'd like. But I've got seven bouts. Uh, I'm successful in five of those. Uh, one I lost, one I broke my hand in. Yeah. Um, I coach currently. I'm teaching two days a week. And it's something that I really enjoyed. And some that may have saved my life at one time. Between music and boxing, that's everybody has that dark period oh, in their life. Absolutely. And those were the two things that kept me afloat when this when the ship was going down. Yeah. So if you've ever had that urge to get in the ring or have that urge just to learn the sport, reach out to me. Yeah. You know, that's something that's well, I, I was just going to branch off and say, like, because you do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're you're a, you're a boxer. You you have matches. You teach boxing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a small guy by any means. Right. You know, not that I'm saying I'm the baddest man on the block, but, <laughs> right. you know, I'm 6'4", 300 pounds. I'm a pretty big dude. Right. I've not fought in it or gotten in a fight since high school, but every once in a while, I feel that itch. You do. Just to, you know, somebody's disagreeing with me or mm-hmm. you know, I'm out somewhere playing a show and it's like, we can go outside. I don't say that because I've got a kind of a, 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 a um, profession and a professionalism I have to uphold so yeah. I don't do that stuff but oh I'm itching you have to stay professional but they just don't go away it's a that's a testosterone yeah, thing oh absolutely that's a you know yeah I don't have low T my, my <laughs> T is my T is right where it needs to be it's probably all the red meat cigars and yep. IPAs all that shit too but I uh, like I said I just I, I want to throw because I, I know that you do the boxing thing, but mm-hmm. many people out there m- maybe don't know that as yeah. much, you know what I mean, or don't know sure. anything about it. I mean, I, I don't know that, I would assume that a couple of our listeners may know you or know who you are, or sure. maybe even friends with you on Facebook or something yeah. like that, but that's the whole thing. I feel like um, w- with the podcast, you kind of, I kind of want to know who I'm listening to. Sure. I want to know about it. I mean, maybe some people are the exact opposite, and they just like listening to things, and hey, this person tells a story the way I wanted it to be told, and they don't yeah. give a shit about the person behind that microphone. Right. That's the way I look at it anyway. I, I figure if, if somebody wants to call me an asshole, they should at least know that I'm definitely an asshole. Yeah, definitely an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've definitely been called an asshole more than one occasion. It's like, I can't disagree with him. I don't know how. I mean, I know, I, I know in my older age why I don't have very many friends, but that's fine with me. 
I've got kids. I mean, you're talking about the things, music and boxing. It's like music and my kids basically kind of sure. helped me through those times. And I kind of came to a point one one time in my life where I've got kids now. All my friends that once were friends, they kind of look at it as like, well, they've got kids. They can't do anything. And I really feel that way. Yeah. Because that's the way I probably felt about it, too, when I had friends that were having kids before I had kids. So it's like your friends list, you know, not your Facebook friends list, because that always grows. You always got people sending you friend requests that aren't even real people. But regardless, <laughs> you know... uh it may grow, but your your friend circle, your real friend circle, just gets smaller and smaller throughout the years. And if you're fighting people all the time like you, it probably gets smaller and smaller too. You know what I mean? You know what? It's the opposite. Yeah. When you punch another guy in the face, all respect. W- w- yeah. When you can punch each other for several minutes and not be angry about it, you you become friends in a in a different way. <laughs> well, it's cool that you can look at it like that. Yeah. And I mean, you see the UFC and the boxing stuff, and there's a lot of guys that you know you see that they right. they, they just they ooze just respect for each other. Mm-hmm. You can tell that these people are fighting each other, but there's respect, and there's a lot of it's vice versa. Right. You can tell these two guys fucking hate each other you know what i mean yeah but it's nice to have that you know what i mean it's, it's funny because it's almost like i wish music at least local music was like that a lot more because i feel like and, and i'm not saying this don't take this as old oh, josh is an asshole all those people out there like he thinks he's hot shit and everybody's jealous of him but like there's so much jealousy when it comes to local music and and i will say rightly so there there is plenty of jealousy and i don't want to i don't want to say for the right reasons because that makes jealousy non-relevant when you're saying it's always they're jealous for the right reasons but i feel like there's plenty of people around here they just everybody wants to one up each other. You can't just have a conversation with a musician around here because it's oh, what did you last? Well, I did this and I sold out this place and I played this guitar and I made all this money. Like I just I want to have a conversation with somebody. So to be able to have that respect, not obviously we're not punching each other in the face, but I mean <laughs> right. to be able to sit down and have respect for somebody and have a conversation. I've met plenty of musicians that'll give you that respect. So then you give them that respect right back. You know what I mean? But there's also plenty of times I've met people that just kind of they want to make it a point or they want to show you up and or kind of make you know that hey I'm better than you or I think I'm better than you and it's 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 really annoying it's fucking annoying in my opinion the word I would use would be ego Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, maybe I went too far down the rabbit hole, but I mean, ego is definitely right. It's not wrong. Right. And that's, you know, you find that a lot in in combat sports and it's wild to see because especially if, you know, if you see a guy that gets beat consistently and he still kind of has that chip on his shoulder, yeah, which is which is great for the competitive nature. If you want to stay competitive, you got to be a little bit confident. But yeah, but the word ego is what I would use more so because. Like I said, you know, you you need to be confident, but but you get to a point where confidence shouldn't be putting other people down. Oh, absolutely. And and I get in, and I'm I'm bad about it, especially in the country genre. Yeah, I, you well, know, I talk shit, and, well, and we're it, the music dicks. So, I mean, <laughs> right. it's not D I C K S, but I mean right. at the same time, you know, right? But and and it's but it's not for me. It's not that I'm bad talking somebody's talent, but for me, you should call a spade a spade. It should oh, be absolutely. what it is. Oh, absolutely, you know? I agree. If it's not, you know, Chris Christopherson, if you've ever heard the, the recording for me and Bobby McGee. I don't know the that very, I have. The very opening thing he says is, is, man, if it sounds country, that's what it is. Yeah. And for me, if it don't sound country, that's what it's not. Yeah, the way I look at it, and I've always said it, like, you can say, hey, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But talent, it, it sees talent. Sure. Or, or Or it acknowledges talent. Right. I mean... There's people that don't like the Grateful Dead. That's fine. Don't like the Grateful Dead, but don't tell me that they're shitty or that they're a bad band. Right. They're they're very very good. Very but it's good. not your taste. Sure. I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, most of our listeners know by now. I fucking hate Nirvana. I think Nirvana's awful. I think they've been awful. I think they're the, probably the most overrated band of all time. I would say Pearl Jam, but I think Pearl Jam's music's really good. I just hate Eddie Vedder's voice. That's my opinion. But the thing is, is I think that I honestly think that there's not much talent in Nirvana. 
That's the way I look at it. I think Kurt Cobain's a terrible writer. I think Dave, Dave, I almost said Dave Navarro, Dave Grohl is a decent drummer. He's a monster. But the Foo Fighters are much better than Nirvana ever was, in my opinion. What if Kurt Cobain sang for Pearl Jam? It'd still be awful. (laughs) I I had to ask. I I could listen to Pearl Jam if it was like um, instrumental tracks. I just there's something and most of our listeners probably know by now. There's something about the vault, the vibrato of, of uh, Eddie Vedder's voice. I don't like Elvis Presley either. It's irritating. I don't like Elvis either because Elvis is good. Vibrato. Like I just don't, yeah. don't like it. Yeah. And I've got vibrato when I, I sing, and my 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 sax player Warren tells me that all the time, and I'm just like, man, I fucking hate. Am I doing what I hate? Like, am I becoming something that I hate? Hit me when I do it again. Yeah. That's like, right. is that is that what's going on here? I hate vibrato so much that I'm becoming just a, a human vibrato machine. That's what it is. But that, that's what I think it is. And regardless, I was just saying that you respect talent, right? If you, I don't want to say if you're talented, you respect talent, but you know, sure. talent you notices talent. You 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 acknowledge talent. I think that. There's plenty of people, and we talked about this before, do. There's plenty of people out there, not only in mainstream country, but the Americanas, the folks that I don't listen to, that I don't necessarily like, but I respect them because they're great. Right. I mean, that's that that that's a true music lover and a true... Sure. I don't want to say musician, but we'll say true music lover, in my opinion. Absolutely. Mm. Speaking of Elvis Presley, I uh, from what I understand, he was pretty notoriously an asshole. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I, I, know I wouldn't put that past him. Him and Jerry Lee Lewis. He looks like an asshole. Yeah, I guess him and Jerry Lee Lewis both were kind of kind of assholes. Yeah. They think Jerry Lee Lewis murdered his fourth wife. Really? They call him the killer. Really? <laughs> yeah. I um I mean, I know I've seen Elvis's movies and he's terrible. I don't I don't I mean, I I know that Elvis is very important to music. Right. Do I like his music? No. Is he talented? He's got talent. Obviously, he's got talent, or he wouldn't have been where he was. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of us that slip, plenty of them that slip through the cracks that I think that are out there that aren't talented at all. And it's most to do with their production quality or their, you know, electronic done stuff like that. Because if you think about it, not that they weren't slipping through back in the day, but if you realistically think about it, you you put, say, we'll just say this an era of music, just say the 60s or the 70s compared to nowadays. Right. You have a lot more stuff out there that has a lot less talent than the stuff that was in back then. I think for me personally, Elvis isn't even in my top five, top ten, maybe, just of, influence-wise. Oh, I mean, no, no. Not even close. I mean, I don't even know, for me, if he's top five country influence in general. Well, especially nowadays. Right. I mean, maybe back in the day, people were right, really, right, right. really influenced, but it's not like he's the Beatles. No. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? It's not like you have people listing Elvis as an influences in 2020. It's just that's not something you see. I just, I don't, I don't I've never thought that Elvis was incredible. I, I mean, I like I said, I know he's important, very important to music, the history of music, the, the everything that's happened. But talent wise, it's just never been there for me. I mean, he's good. Uh, obviously, he's good, and he sold as many records, and people loved him for for a reason. I mean, he's got songs that I think are catchy. He's got songs that he wrote or that were his that sure. other people have done that I enjoy. But right. I think it's his voice for me. It always has been the vibrato thing. Same thing with <laughs> Eddie Vedder. I mean, I've said it a thousand times on the right. show. It's just something I don't appreciate. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about country music, and forgive me... Andy and all the listeners, I might get lost every once in a while. I might have to ask some questions because when I, when I said that, you know, he's a connoisseur, he, he knows much more than me. We kind of talked through messages and he would tell me, oh, this happened or this person died the other day. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't know who that is. But, you know, he knows a lot more than me. But before we get into that, we're going to try something new here. The Dick Hot Seat or the Dicked Hot Seat, something like that. So basically what's going to happen is I'm just going to name some bands without really thinking about it too much. Just a yes or no. Sure. And yes, if you like them, no, if you don't like them. And I'll tell you what, we'll just go just a step ahead, a little bit further, um, give them another inch, not a mile, but another inch. Um, 
I, I hear that extra inch is always helpful. It's called the devil's inch. The devil's inch? Is that yeah. what it's called? I, I To me, it's just like two and a half inches. That's what she said. <laughs> basically what is what it is so you can just kind of say why but not like super elaborate like i said don't tell us that when you were a child there was this song on the radio and it made you cry and you had a bad day <laughs> sure all right we're gonna start this off with a band that most people know that i fucking can't stand nirvana yeah i'm not i'm not a huge nirvana fan so then it'd be a no no it'd be a no for me okay i mean I, you don't have to elaborate no is perfectly okay yeah with me. yeah okay yeah We'll move on. The Grateful Dead. I like The Grateful Dead. Um, I can't sit and listen to The Grateful Dead. I don't a, use, song or, a song or two at a time, yeah. I'm great. If I go more than that, I'm like falling asleep. You're burning out. I'm bored. See, it's crazy. I, I, there's a lot of people that tell me that. Like, yeah, yeah they're, they're good in, in moderation. Right. You know what I mean? That would be a good statement. To me, yeah. I don't use recreational drugs anymore, but I don't need to when I listen to the dead because it makes me feel like I'm using recreational drug, drugs just by listening to them. Uh, Isbel. Jason oh, Isbel. absolutely. 100%. Yeah. For sure. He's the best songwriter alive right now. I, I would very much agree with that. Blake Shelton. No, absolutely not. Really? Nope. Even early Blake Shelton. Listen, if Blake Shelton walked in your house right now, I'd punch him right in the mouth. Even early Blake Shelton. Even early Blake Shelton. Really? Like yeah. Old Red, not even? Old Red. Old Red's a fucking killer song. I'm going to give Old Red like 60% yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. that's, that's he's the, got, fir- the first album, I'll give him. He'll put out songs every once in a yeah. while that I want to fucking hate, but it, like a Honey Bee. Did you ever hear Honey Bee? Dude, that song is miserable. I See, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't know. Every once in a while, he'll put out a song that I'm like, I don't fucking hate it that much. I'm just curious. Like I, I said. I feel like he's a good dude. I just... I just don't like what his music has become. Yeah, well, I mean, he's dating Gwen Stefani. She, she's probably got some influences on his music there a little bit. Childers, Tyler Childers. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 110%. Yeah, okay. We don't need any more no, elaboration. No, we don't need to elaborate at all. Sturgill. No. Oh, absolutely, 110%. See, I'm, I don't like Sturgill at all. See, I love Sturgill. I think Sturgill tries way too hard to sound like old country, and I don't think he does a good job See, I think it. that Sturgill's just, I think that's just his style. I think I'm that's not just saying it's not his is. style. To me, yeah. when I listen to him, it just sounds like an imitation of somebody trying to do old country. That's how I look at I it. I like him because he is not that clean, crisp, super great sounding guy yeah well, i mean he's everybody's that, got their own thing right and he's that for me he's that guy that 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 spouts something honest from him that he wants you to hear and he don't give a shit whether you like it or not yeah he's a terrible producer in my opinion <sighs> i don't know i haven't really paid i really have well, i mean so uh, i mean i, I mean I, I know what he's produced i really haven't really thought about that though what, I, that's see that's that's, that's a huge into. thing that i think yeah. about so what was what was um not not um not tyler's newest album not the fiddle album but the one before um had a house fire. And oh all that yeah, stuff yeah, on. yeah, He produced that. He did. I think I I, I thought production wise, Tyler's Tyler Tyler's sound changed a, in a big way. It was he, a lot cleaner. And, than and Sturgill is a big reason for that. It was Don't a, get me wrong. I've said it before. Yeah. Uh, all Yorn, the production quality on that song is phenomenal. Yeah. The rest of the album just doesn't do anything for me. But he did most of Purgatory too, and Purgatory is one of my favorite Tyler Childers albums. It's the best studio album by Tyler Childers right. in my opinion. Right. I don't I don't disagree with that. I. uh but see, that's another thing that I listen to more. Yeah, is is, is production and how yeah. this sounds, or how this should have been brought up, or how that's not loud enough. That's just me. That's a and and I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody or I'm better than you, but being in a studio, having to help mix our album and kind of do stuff like that, you kind of start thinking For about sure. music that way. It's kind of harder to listen to music just to listen to it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. See, I try to shut that off when I'm listening to stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Yeah. I'll just hear something that it hits my ear the wrong way, and I'm like, <laughs> man, I really wish that would have been louder. Or I really wish that would have been behind stuff in the right. mix. Pink Floyd. Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, here, here's a big one. I'm not going to say that this like determines whether or not you come back and do another episode, but Dave Matthews Band. You know, I'm indifferent on Dave Matthews. You know, band. it's not a good start to that. <laughs> I, listen, they are mega talented. Can I sit and listen to Dave Matthews? No. 
I cannot. But they're not one that I would ever trash talk because I know how talented they are yeah, as see, a band. And, and and the Dave Matthews band, like mega fan of me, wants to say to you, like you've just not listened to the right <laughs> Dave Matthews. But see, that's how everybody that really likes somebody always tells you. It's just like Deadheads, right? The people tell the tell Deadheads they don't like the Dead, and they're like, well, let me show you this fucking 1976 October second recording in Berkeley, California of this song, and you'll love it. You know what I mean? Take this acid and listen to this yeah, song. Exactly. <laughs> I just I, I yeah. I mean I appreciate your answer because obviously they're super talented right and that's what kills me more than anything when somebody's yeah. like oh they're terrible they're not even talented it's like your ears are broke they're super talented you may not like them but they're super talented right bob marley uh, you know i'm into bob marley 100 my wife is half hippie half hippie yeah she's half hippie she came out i'm, half I'm hippie. converting the other half <laughs> you're converting the other I, half yeah i taught her to shoot and fight so we're yeah good. <laughs> you're good <laughs> but no just I, uh, a couple just a little, couple more showers that's right you'd be good that's right i don't she, mean an ill will towards your wife hopefully she doesn't hear this and get angry but yeah she cut that dreadlock out she so cut the dreadlock good. yeah a couple more showers a week and then she's she's only a quarter hippie. That's right. Um, okay, uh, Pearl Jam. You know I like Pearl Jam. I do. I do. I just yes on Pearl Jam. I've already stated it, man. Yeah. They're, they're the I mean, the musicians in that band are super talented. Their music yeah. is great. Eddie's voice just it doesn't do anything for me. Never if I'm has. listening to grunge, it's Alice in Chains. To me, Pearl Jam. A- or Mother Love Bone, or well, Mother Love Bones, Eddie again. And mine, Eddie wasn't in Mother Love Bone. He wasn't. No, no, no. That was Andy Wood. Andy Wood died of heroin. Oh, overdose. okay. That Chris Cornell, the the Temple of Cornell, the Dog album. Temple that now see, but see, that's, was written about Andy Wood. That's crazy because Temple of the Dog, Hunger Strike, fantastic. It's a well that that I've heard the album, but that song is a great fucking song. Yeah. Guess who else is on that song? Eddie Vedder. Eddie I Vedder. can stand that shit, but <laughs> so, it's like somewhere on the line he just got super constipated and couldn't go to the bathroom, and that's how he started sounding. Um. <laughs> Like I said, I think they're super talented music-wise. I just don't like Eddie's voice. Right. Uh, the Black Crows. Uh, yeah, I can do some of the Black Crows. I'm not, I don't listen to them regularly, yeah. no. But when it comes on, I don't I don't change the channel. Oh, absolutely. To me, I could. I, I've already said it. We've done the review. Southern Harmony and the Musical Companion as an album is, is fucking incredible. They take so many gospel, rock, blues. Yeah. I mean, even sort of like a, a folky and country aspect in the certain songs and kind of jamming all together. Because the Black Crows are one of those bands that have their own sound. And they don't really have a genre because they kind of have their sound and their sound is what their genre is. It's sure. almost like Zeppelin to me. Right. I, I mean, get you. I understand. I've said it. Zeppelin's classic rock in a sense, but they, they're they influenced by so many different genres that's kind of hard to say, yeah, they're just rock and roll. Heavy blues. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just like the Stones. The Stones were yeah. super bluesy when they first absolutely. started out, too. Obviously, you like Cody Jenks. Oh, 100%. I got a Cody Jenks koozie, koozie right here that right says, now. don't be an asshole. My, my koozie says Josh Falls being the crooked roots, <laughs> but I'm just a homer here, you know. Um, Stapleton. Yes. Yes on, yes on Stapleton. You thought about that a little too long. I did, but here's here's the reason. Because I've been listening to the Steel Drivers. Oh, my God. God, the Steel Drivers are f- and, fucking incredible. And they were here, and when yes. I say here, my hand's way up here. Stapleton left, and whew, See, to and me. I, I have to lump him into that, though, because the, that was him. He wrote the majority of those albums. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're not as good as they are because they lost no. one person. That one person is probably the greatest major out there on your radio country artist to me yeah. out there right now. He's one of those guys that can polish a turd. Oh, absolutely. You give him a handful of shit and... and It'll come out smelling nice yeah. at the end, just because he's so talented. And I mean, what guy doesn't want to look like that? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that big old thick fucking beard, that long hair, I'm getting pretty close it, at this point. I was going to say, I, I just need to let my hair grow. Yeah. I can't do it. It hits it, my ears and I'm out. You really? Yeah. yeah. I just start putting it up. Even when it's too short, I almost got like the samurai thing going on there. Uh, Steely Dan. Do you know much about Steely I Dan? I know a little bit of Steely Dan. Steely Dan's another one of those that if it comes on, I don't change it, but they're not in my playlist. I'm a big, big 
big Steely Dan lover. To me, and I, I've always, Hendrix is the reason I started playing guitar. Right. Because I saw a, a Hendrix on a DVD when I was a teenager, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, is this guy really making this thing sound the way he is? And that's, I knew I wanted to play guitar then. He looked possessed. <laughs> nobody. That's, what changed the, that's Yeah, nobody, that, that's no, music for me. Nobody can, nobody can recreate Hendrix. No. There's times when I hear things and I'm like, that has that Hendrix sound or that Hendrix tone or that Hendrix vibe, but I've never, it's not like Greta Van Fleet. Right. Not that I'm saying anybody is Jimmy Page or, you know, right, Robert Plant, right. but you hear it and it's like every once in a while I'll be like, is that Zeppelin or is that Greta Van Fleet? Which one is it? I mean, I've listened to a lot of Zeppelin, so usually I can say, oh, well, that's No Quarter or, oh, this is, you know, rock and roll. That's Zeppelin. Right. Every once in a while I'll hear a Zeppelin song and I'm like, I don't know if it's Greta Van Fleet or if it's fucking Zeppelin. I don't, I don't do that with Hendrix. Sure. So Hendrix is my number one. BB, who's also on my list. I mean, what, what do you think about BB? Oh, 100%. Yeah, we know this already. You and I yeah, know this absolutely. already. BB's another, like, when I got into the blues i listen to bb 24 7 i bought like a compilation of vb's like early stuff to like his late stuff and it's just like it's funny to me because i don't want to say all blues but a lot of the blues sounds the same like the it's all kind of got that feeling that swingy feeling you the know what i mean bar blues yeah that's that 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 formation but that, if it ain't fucking broke you don't fix it <laughs> that's true and that's what i love about bb it's just like it doesn't it, it doesn't matter every song i don't care what the fuck bb king's singing about he could be singing how his tulip paper broke and his finger touched his asshole and his butthole's a little dirty right. it doesn't matter because i know Stuart larry's gonna come in he's gonna yeah. give it that fucking beautiful tone and that beautiful solo that's another main reason why i play guitar He's going to hit that brown note. Oh, exactly. The brown note. No, I'm just, but like, we've talked about it off the podcast or off air. Sure. His tone's unrecognized. It you, is. When yeah. he plays a note, you know it's BB King. It's BB King. And my right. third other guitar player for that reason is Gilmore for Pink Floyd. I mean, you, Same. Know, you know it's him. Yep. You know it's him. He, no all mistake. he does is bend a note and you know it's him. Mm hmm. ZZ Top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I don't think people realize that a lot of country. Billy Gibbons is a monster. A lot of country vibes in ZZ Top, though, that people, the undertones that people his, don't necessarily hear. His slide guitar is yeah. fucking incredible. He is a monster. I know a lot of people that think Billy Gibbons is a sloppy, sloppy guitar player. No, Billy Gibbons is a monster. Oh, I think he's a great guitar player. Yes. I love ZZ Top. You listen to some of the stuff he did outside of ZZ Top. There's a, there's a song he did, and I'm trying to think of it, and I can't right now. I get hit in the head a lot. Yeah, uh, get hit in the head a lot. There's For a good reason. It pays my bills. A, yeah. Yeah. There's a song. Cut that, me, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> there's a song that he did. Oh, man. But he plays slide. And he plays an open E. And it, it's it's just like, wow. Slide guitar has always what? mesmerized me. Yes. Because it's like, it's so easy, but it's so fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's, you don't have to do much, but you have to do a lot. Like, it's one of those things that's like, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah. It's Same. like. You hear people like Freebird, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about Freebird for a fucking second. Slide <laughs> guitar on that intro. People hate Freebird. I understand it. Whatever. It's super fucking overplayed. But the song itself is a fucking masterpiece. Oh, it is. Yeah, that slide intro yeah. is fucking phenomenal. Not just Freebird, but it's a very popular and well-known slide right. guitar intro. It's crazy because you try to do that and it's just like, you know, can't can't recreate that unless you're really, really good at slide. We're talking about slide guitar. Uh, Derek Trucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Monster. phenomenal. Phenomenal. Raccooter. Raccooter, that doesn't sound familiar to me. Have you seen the movie Crossroads with Ralph Macchio? No, about, you told me about this, this earlier. About, uh, it's about, um, oh God, it's about uh, a guy selling his soul to the devil. Oh, uh, Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson, yeah. About Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil. I knew where you were going with that, but I didn't yeah. want to just answer, yeah. Yeah, um, Raccooter plays all the slide pieces in that movie. He's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I think slide guitar, I think Taj Mahal, and I think okay. um, 
I, I I just I, Derek Trucks comes to mind to me instantly. The Almond Brothers is another one. Oh, yeah. Great slide guitars. Great slide guitar. Yeah, but like I said, it's one of those things. Like it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't be hard. Right. You're basically turning tuning to open E, and you're just <laughs> right. you're running a slide down your yeah. strings, but it's it's very very difficult. So anyway, you just sat on the the hot dick seat. Oh yeah, that's right. The hot the hot, the hot dick, dick seat. The hot dick seat. <laughs> This episode of the Music Dicks is brought to you by Twisted Bull. Twisted Bull is a bar and grill located in Elkins, West Virginia, and you cannot beat their menu. All the way from the best wings in town to their homemade pulled pork, they have a full menu that will not disappoint. At the Twisted Bull, they are always searching for improvements to cater to your desires. Their bartenders strive to originate new cocktails that will suit everyone. Brandon and Jamie will always have a helping hand in helping you choose what's right for your palate. Wing night is every Thursday, and they offer a range of homemade sauces. Mug night is every Friday, and their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. and their kitchen does not close early. So if you get a bit liquored up and you want something to eat before you go home, they got you covered. They offer dine-in, takeout, and delivery. Let them be your host for any event from sports to live music and so much more. All their events are always posted on their Facebook and Instagram page. Check them out at All The Way Twisted on Facebook and Instagram. That is at All The Way Twisted. Twisted Bull, Elkins, West Virginia. Tell them that the music dicks. So let's get to basically the main idea because we're about 40 minutes in and I realized that I I kind of throw out timestamps in there, but after I edit, we're usually like five, ten minutes behind what I say we're at. But regardless, let's talk about basically one of the main reasons we're here today. And because you're so fluent in country music and I am not, let's just talk about how it's changed. And basically, I think we're on the same page why it's changed for the worst. I mean... It, that's it's it's a big subject to cover. For me, it starts in the late. Well, I mean, it yeah. is, but we're just kind of yeah. doing a right. This right. isn't the midterm paper right. that we're, we're writing right now. Right. I wouldn't have done it anyway if it was high school. But heard, you know what I mean. <laughs> I heard that. For me, it starts in like the late sixties, early seventies. You know, the the outlaw movement specifically. We talked about Willie Nelson earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Willie and Waylon were the were the two prominent figures. And, and I probably I probably shouldn't say it because it makes me look like a noob. I know Waylon. Yeah. I, I know a lot of Waylon songs. Waylon's not something that I've I've listened to a bunch. But when I hear Waylon, I can pick Waylon out. Sure. I mean, he's Waylon. I mean, right. Willie and Waylon specifically because they were the kind of the first ones to tell the industry to fuck right off. They were the ones that said, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to do it our way. Well, they were right, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the the Outlaws album, I think, was the first country album to sell platinum. Really? I think. I don't know that for sure, but I think that yeah, that's something that I Yeah, we're not about fact-checking here. We don't, we don't fact-check things. <laughs> if they want to fact-check at home, yeah, they can. They can do it, fine. and then they can tell us how we were wrong. Oh, you guys <laughs> call yourself connoisseurs of country. That's right. And they'll tell us. But uh, th- those two specifically, and you know, from from then on, it it, it kind of became this movement. But what's happened? That movement, you know. Well, uh, if you're familiar with the uh, in the mid '70s, John Denver won a oh uh, yeah yeah a CMA. I know, yeah, yeah. And John Charlie Rich burned the oh, yeah. ballot on stage. I know, yeah. That's how much they hated this mm-hmm. pop movement. It was very, that was it was coming very much pop. Yeah, back then too, absolutely. And, now, and don't it, get me wrong, John Denver's got some tracks that aren't too bad. <laughs> talented but, guy, but you're not gonna hold up. A, a fucking candle to Willie or Waylon. Right. I mean, you're just not. You're John Denver, man. Right. Thank right. you for the theme song. We appreciate it, bud. <laughs> and that's, you know, for, for me, that's kind of where it started. And, and I've always been a fan of that because I'm a fan of honesty. And, and 
musicianship for me should be honesty. I can, I can 100% respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's when I play, I play the, the feeling is what I'm playing off of. When I sing, when I play guitar, each note that I hit is a feeling. Sure. And it's honesty to me. And then you get people out there that aren't so honest in the aspect that you're talking about. And you can, you can hear that as a, as a listener, or yeah. at least I think a lot of us do. I agree. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, you view music differently when you start to play it. Ab- absolutely you do. Along that line, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you still even had guys that run aground then, kind of like we look at Tyler Childers and Sturgill and those guys. Now, you had the Texas songwriters like Guy Clark and Towns Van Zant and even Steve Earle early on. See, and, and these are all names that I know. Well, obviously Steve Earle. Right. And I'll tell you what. Not a huge fan of Steve Earle either. My sax player thinks I'm a fucking idiot because he <laughs> loves he loves Steve Steve Earle. Really, love, you know what does it for me is Copperhead Road. Yeah, it's one of those ones that I, got overplayed. They kind of really. Oh, it got Steve way Earl. overplayed. Yeah. That song's not that good. It, it's, it's a great story. It's not even his top. In, but in, I'm saying the songwriting in right. it is great. But as a yeah. song, it's like drop D, let's go, bud. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but regardless, like I said, I know I know the people that you're yeah. talking about. I'm just not super familiar with him as as a lot of the other big names. One that you should check out is Fort Worth Blues because that song specifically is about Towns Van Zant's European tour. Okay. And Towns, Steve Earle said, I'll stand on Bob Dylan's coffee table in my cowboy boots and tell him that Towns Van Zant was the greatest songwriter that ever lived. Yeah. And and I, I don't think I disagree with Steve because Towns... Oh, I love Dylan. Don't get me wrong. Dylan's yeah. a great songwriter. But that's that's the thing. Like Once again, and it's a phrase that I use often, to each their own, different strokes right. for different folks. Dylan is a great songwriter, but if you're not into folky stuff and you don't like Dylan singing like this on every song, like, you're not going to like it. But if you like that country storytelling thing, then you're going to believe sure. that. I mean, it's kind of hard to justify like the greatest songwriter of all time. It's almost just the same thing as, as, as like writing a book. You know what I mean? Sure. People like Stephen King, and there's people out there that hate Stephen. Stephen King. Not that, you know, Stephen King's the best writer ever. I'm not much of a reader, but I'm just saying that's a household name in Stephen King. But, you know, anyway, continue. Right. I, uh, one specifically, as far as Towns Van Zandt goes, the song Lungs, it starts out, won't you lend your lungs to me? Mine are collapsing. And to me, that just instantly just catches me right out of the gate. Like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. And there was, there was a whole, uh, there was a whole kind of fold of songwriters and musicians that were a little bit behind the scenes then that didn't have the prominence that Willie did, that Waylon did, that Johnny Cash did even at that point. Yeah. And then you've got, you, you know, my number one personally, as far as it goes, Merle Haggard, because Merle Haggard was everything that those guys wanted to be. Yeah. Merle Haggard was a legit, outlaw he spent time in prison for you know robbery and that's you know he got out of he got out of prison he saw johnny cash in and folsom he yeah. was in folsom prison really? when johnny played I didn't yeah. Know that, yeah yes he was and merle came out of prison you know for a botched robbery and he became everything those guys wanted to be yeah he had the songwriting he had the the, the musicianship he had the the mileage that those guys really wanted for so for me that's what puts Merle Haggard on a different platform. Yeah. But, you know. See, Merle's another one of those guys that I know, but I've never listened to a bunch of Merle Haggard. See, I'd mentioned to you, when I was, well, not, I didn't really go in depth, but when I was a kid, my grandfather listened to the, um, oh, I just showed him to you the other day. Who was it? I can't even think of it. Um, uh, El Paso. Um, Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins is one of those guys that my grandfather listened to all the time. So I heard those songs over and over again. So, so to me, those became songs of my childhood that I knew because of the repetitiveness 
repetitiveness of the songs. And then I grew older and realized like, my God, there's a lot of depth in this. There's a lot of songwriting. There's a lot of story. Another guy that I really, really love, and it's a lot earlier than kind of what we're talking about is Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean's got some some great, great songs. I mean, a lot of people know Jimmy Dean is a sausage man. And that's what they, <laughs> that's basically what they probably know him for. But right. like Big Bad John. Yeah. Incredible song. Smoked. Have you ever smoked that cigarette? Yes. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. It's a great tune. You I know, mean, what was the other? Is it not? This is not 16 tons, is it? What is it? No, uh, that was. Uh, but he did it. He did a version of it. And I can't remember what it's called. I will look it up so we can be completely sure. 16 tons. Yeah. Okay. He, he that was version. Tennessee Ernie Ford, I yeah. think, originally. Yeah. He did a version of that. Though. And like I said, there was these guys that my. My grandfather listened to a lot when I was growing up sure. that I kind of know from that because he liked that older kind of country stuff. Yeah. But it was before the outlaw stuff or maybe it was the same time. I don't know. But it's not in the same kind of aspect as that country outlaw country is. There's uh, There were a lot of really underrated guitar players back then, too. Oh, I don't. Yeah. What's, what's the guy that was on Hee Haw? Oh, you're talking about uh, Roy... Uh Roy, Roy Clark. Clark, Jesus Roy Clark Christ! Was a monster. Oh, monster is an understatement. I mean, Roy Clark was a phenomenal player. I mean, not only was he a great like flat picker, like we were talking about earlier, but like Roy Clark was just a a, 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 a savant at, 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 as a guitar player. I mean, he just he did stuff, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Another one, uh, well, of course, Chet Atkins. Chet Atkins, absolutely, kind of set the standard. But uh, well, those guys like Brad Paisley and stuff like that kind of hold Chet at, at a very, very high standard when it comes to guitar playing. I mean, as a guitar player, anybody that knows anything about guitar, you probably should. But he's one of those guys in, in country playing, you know, country picking and guitar playing that's held to a high standard. I'm gonna kick myself in the ass for this, but his name is not coming to my mind right now. He was in the Water Boy. He played with Chet Atkins. Oh, oh, um, about, um, Jesus, Jerry, Christ. Jerry Reed, Jerry Reed. Was absolutely a phenomenal monster. and he had the, he very much had that country bluesy uh-huh. aspect to it yeah and you don't you don't think about it because you say the water boy and people you know <laughs> people will think they're gonna know who you're talking yeah. about you know what i mean hey water boy you're fine like that guy <laughs> that's jerry reed i've watched videos on jerry reed yeah. and my god freak my God, it just, and you don't know this stuff until you no. sit down and watch it. Yep. I think he was playing with like BB or somebody like that. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did a video with BB. And my God, yeah, you hear a... this guy play next to somebody like BB King, who I hold in such high regard. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's incredible. You don't realize this stuff. And no. that's another reason why I appreciate country music as much as I do, especially that early country. Sure. There's great musicianship in it. Yes. There was a, uh, a Bob Dylan song called Don't Think Twice. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And Jerry Reed's cover is my hands down favorite. Really? The, yeah, Waylon covered it. They all covered it. Yeah, those guys did a thing back then. You you mentioned earlier about how the the music atmosphere in this area is kind of ego driven. Yeah. They, that's very much so. Absolutely. And back then it wasn't. Chris Christopherson wrote a song and essentially the song was about, hey, yeah. we're going to sing each other's tunes. Yeah. Don't cuss the fiddle. Why that's not? the name of the song. Really? Yeah. And they would write a song and Willie would cover it. Waylon would cover it. Johnny would cover it. And Merle would cover it. And they would just, you know, they'd pass the song back and forth. Yeah. And that was something that happened because they knew it wasn't about them. It was about the music. Absolutely. And and I would love more than anything to have that kind of an atmosphere here. Absolutely. But, you know, I just, well, see, and what do you do? You're right. But see, that's the thing. And it's ego. At the end of the day, it absolutely is. Because, and I'm going to say it, and there may be people out there that don't, that aren't very happy that I said it, but take somebody like the Davisons. If I were to go out tomorrow and, and cover a Davison Brothers song, what would people think? What would people say? What would they think? What would they say? I mean, I'm not going to speculate, but I would assume <laughs> what they would say. But it's the same thing. Like, I don't know if you know Napal. Napal's a good buddy of mine. He plays Americana folk type music. He's from Romney. Plays all around the state or did play all 
around the state until COVID, but he is phenomenal. And I mean, very much, very much, I, I don't want to say playing wise, but sounds like the, 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 uh, Tyler Childers mm-hmm. and the, and the Sturgills and the, uh, Billy String, stuff like that. The very Americana folky sound. I think he's incredible. He's got songs that I would love to play and he's actually done a cover of one of my songs. And I'm like, that's awesome because he, yeah. he's a bluegrass folky type player and he's right. taken one of my songs and interpreted his in a way. I love hearing stuff like that. Sure, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know, it's just like, we were talking about like the, the jam grass type of stuff with yes. like uh blue, uh, green sky bluegrass, mm-hmm. like their cover of breathing Tom. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. You know, Tyler does a cover of Breathing Time as so well. It's it's phenomenal. Yes. I, I love hearing that inner genre kind of twisting of right. genres and making sure. something your own. And that's what I love about cover music realistically at the end of the day. But I mean, you know, we digress. Right. <laughs> Talk about everything we can under the sun here, but I mean, uh, you're you're right. It would be very much nice to have that kind of atmosphere where even having people on stage with you don't see that around here mm-hmm. anymore. No. When do you have somebody that's you know very uh, prominent and somebody that everybody knows around here getting on stage with somebody else around here? You don't see that Mm-mm. because it's 2020 and everybody stuck up their own ass and they <laughs> they don't care. Right? How much money am I making tonight? How many people are going to come see me? And how many how many drinks are I going to get bought? I mean, I don't know. I know that these are thoughts that go through my head, but I'm just saying like, right. it's, it's very much about ego and you're, you hit that one on the head when you said it earlier, but there, I agree. It'd be nice if there was that kind of scene here and that feeling here. There's a cool story. I don't know if you're familiar with Todd Snyder or not. Oh my God. Todd Snyder's another Seen Todd one. Snyder's twice in concert. Yeah. Todd Snyder is phenomenal. You talk about storytelling. Yes. I mean, his, have you ever heard the mushroom story? Which one? About him playing football and the goalposts looking like candles. Oh, him doing mushrooms. Jesus Christ. Go go listen to him doing that on YouTube. It's (laughs) phenomenal. He told a story about Jerry Jeff Walker. See, I don't know who Jerry Jeff Walker is. Jerry Jeff Walker just passed away. He's the guy that wrote... Mr. Bojangles. You were telling me about this. Okay. okay. Jerry Jeff and him left a left a, a, a show one night in Austin, and they're walking down the street, and the street's empty, and they hear a guy playing a street musician, and he's playing Mr. Bojangles. So the guy that wrote this song, Todd Snyder and Jerry Jeff Walker, walk up to this, this guy that's just sitting in front of a bar playing music. Yeah. They listen to the whole song. Jerry Jeff pulls money out of his pocket, throws it in the guy's guitar case, and walks away. All he says is, that's a good song, ain't it? <laughs> And in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't you tell yeah. this guy? But you know what? You for, get that satisfaction. For Jerry Jeff, it didn't matter. Yeah. He you just know, knows. For Todd know, Snyder. Somebody's doing yeah. that song and it's my song. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's a good song, isn't it? And then yeah. he walked off because it, it was about the music for Jerry yeah, Jeff. Absolutely. You know? And that that that's, for me, is something special. Absolutely. It, it, to to, to, to tell a personal story, I've written some songs here recently, and I was playing at a at a, a birthday party the other night, and a couple of buddies of mine who've only heard the songs a couple of times started singing my own lyrics with me, and I was like, man, that's that made me feel good about myself. You want to tell me as a musician? I'll tell you what I love. Now, I mean, yeah, they're my kids, but Hendrix, I've got a song on the album called Come Inside that we have on Spotify, and it's a very graphic song without being graphic. It's not Tenacious <laughs> D, but it's about sex. I mean, that's what it's about. Right. So the chorus goes, I know you don't know me, but I'd really like to taste your pie. Um, I know you, uh, I know you're not open, but I really like to come inside. Well, then my three-year-old hears that and he remembers that. And you'll be like, hey, Hendrix, sing one of daddy's songs. And he'll be like, I know you don't know me, but I really want to taste you pie. Like he'll start singing. And it's so great. I don't even care if people, I'm very much of the idea of no publicity is bad publicity. Right. You can sit there and make fun of my music all you want, but if you're reciting the lyrics. Still talking about it. It's in your head. It's gotten there some way. And right. It's hit, a, it's hit a chord somewhere and it's made you think of something or want to say something about it. Good music makes you think. Sure. And if you're thinking about it, then I've done my job. 
whether you think that you hate it, whether you think that you love it, whether you think it's the worst thing in the world. Nirvana, to me, whether I dislike them or think they're the most overrated band in the world, they did something right because I fucking, it's it's getting reaction out of sure. me. You know what I mean? But like I said, my kids singing my songs, it's great. Like I said, Napal doing a cover of one of my songs, it's great. I mean, just, mm-hmm. the, it's it's almost, it's a respect thing when it comes sure. to the other musician thing. And that's like you said, with ego, it's something that we're lacking around here. But it's funny that you bring up Todd Snyder because I had known who Todd Snyder was, right? I'm a big Corey Smith guy. I don't know how you feel about Corey Smith. I kind of indifferent, but go really, ahead. Yeah. I think I think Corey Smith's phenomenal. I yeah. think his story is a great story. I mean, right. the guy was a history teacher, and then said, "The hell with it, I'm going to play music," and he became pretty much. I'm not saying like on your radio every night, but very successful in his own right. I mean, sure. I pay my bills by playing music, so I'm to me, I consider myself successful. He's doing better than me, so he's very <laughs> successful in my book. Right. But I went to Mountain Stage, and it was Corey Smith and Todd Snyder was opening for him, and it's like you think about that. Todd Snyder is great, but he's opening for Corey Smith, right? Because a lot of people don't know what a weird Todd, Todd Snyder is an underground type yeah. of thing, you know, sure. very much underground. And I'd never heard Todd Snyder. I'm like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, I I I knew who he was, but I'd never listened to his stuff. And then he starts playing it, and it's really a storytelling thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You start listening to the words that he's saying, and um, I'm trying to think of like songs off the top of my head. Seattle uh, grunge blues is one. For he's sure. talking about one um, where he's driving to a show and the roads are bad. Uh, it's, it's like I said to, to me, they're all very much memorable in my head, but to, to name the songs, and then he's got the what's the really big song that he got real popular for in the '90s? Um, oh, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think. Of course, he does beer run too. Oh yeah. Uh, let me, let me, all right, guy, all right, guys, the song I'm talking about that okay. came out in the early, I want to yes. say the early nineties, right? I don't know if it was, was it that early? 94. 94 it was on right? an album okay. that came out in 94. I knew it was not because I had a buddy that did that song and he was like, oh, that's Todd Snyder. And it's yeah. like, you think about that <laughs> and kind of compared to a lot of the stuff that he was doing after that. And it's, right. it's very much different. Um, let me look up some songs, St- statisticians blues. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a great one. Yes, it is. Um, The Talking... Was it the Talking Seattle Grunge Blues? Talking Seattle Grunge Blues. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. Uh, I can't think of... Oh, is this thing working? Is this thing on? Have you ever heard that one? Yes. That's another great one. Yes. I I can't think of the one that I want to think about. Maybe it's on this album. Let me look real quick. Is this thing working's on here? I can't... Right-wing Christian... Right-wing Conservative Christian, right-wing Republican or something like that. That's another good one, yeah. But the album that I'm looking at, it's called Todd Snyder Live, The Storyteller. Mm -hmm. He's got the mushroom story on that. Go listen to it. It's it's funny as hell. But... um, I, like I said, I, I didn't know who Todd Snyder was until I went and seen him. But, right. you know, we were kind of talking about uh, the old country and how it's kind of, it was poppy back then with John Denver and stuff and how it's poppy now. But, I mean, do you think it really changed at a certain spot? Because my, my saxophone player was a songwriter in Nashville for years. And he is very much of the belief that it really changed right around the Shania Twain time when she got real big. I was going to make the comment that Shania Twain and even Garth Brooks, even Garth, I mean, you know. I've said a, I've said it about Garth before. I don't like Garth Brooks. It's not something to listen to, but he's got songs that are very, very great, very well, good. And I'll agree with that. Like I mean, I I don't mind Garth, but Garth was the the biggest crossover. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I think Garth was legit as a musician. I think Garth was legit kind of as a cowboy, maybe even. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but yeah. 
you know, I think he kind of he kind of met that nine that early nineties, late eighties cowboy yeah, country. Chris Evans deal. or whatever his name came along, where he changed his identity or whatever. <laughs> but I've said it before, like his, Chris Gaines. Yeah, Chris Gaines. His singles and his his hits are very yeah. good. Oh, I well, mean, I do not like blaming all of my roots. I should have been boots. Like I don't like that song, but it's a good song. It's a bar stopper. I mean, it's not something that I want to listen no. to, but it's a good song. Thunder rolls. Yes, fucking incredible song. Right. He's got great songs. Mm-hmm. It's not something I listen to, but I give the guy respect. He's got great yeah. music. It hit those pop charts, and that's what started. Oh, absolutely! But when they saw that money and the success, and I think, I think you know, production in Nashville went. Oh man, there's more money to be made. Yeah. See, and that's where my, I, I believe my sax player Warren sets with that is with Shania. Like it's a completely different production thing than, than any of the music that mm-hmm. came before that. Yep. You know, you got those, the, the fiddles and the guitars and everything's kind of really distorted and it's really poppy and electric, almost electronic, I should say. It's like bubble gum. It, it, it is in chewable. an aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, you, yeah, it's, it, you're right. It's chewable. It's, it's hard to explain that, but you're right. I know yeah. what you're talking about when you say that. It's, it's something that a consumer can chew on. They can kind of listen to it and they don't have to, they feel, there's no feeling necessarily towards, right. don't get me wrong. There's some bangers that Shania put out. There's some really good songs that I like that Shania put out there. Like, I can listen to it and it's like, I don't fucking hate it. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's not your country of old. Right. And we were kind of talking, you were talking about like, uh, well, you weren't talking about Christopherson, but you were talking about w- Willie and, I, Waylon and all those guys. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just tell you right off the bat. Johnny Cash is one of those guys that I respect musically. I don't like his music. Yeah. Great storyteller. He could tell a story in a song and do it very, very well. But I just to me there was nothing there was there was plenty of other guys out there that were doing it just as good, if not better, in my opinion. Johnny Cash fits inside a box musically. When you heard one Johnny Cash song, you've heard, you've heard every them all. Johnny yeah. Cash song. Yeah. Johnny Cash song. Um you mentioned Christofferson though. Yeah. He is in my top five songwriters. Really? Christofferson. I'm not listening enough Christofferson to kind of make a really educated you know, response on that. Me and Bobby McGee. Um, everybody's a Joplin fan. Everybody I, loves Janis not Joplin. Not me. No? Fucking hate Janis Joplin. I think I, her voice is awful. I would rather listen to his cover. I probably his would original, too. <laughs> his original version of yeah. me and Bobby McGee any day of the week. I don't know that I've heard it. If I have heard it, it's, it's I mean, the Joplin version's been played so much that it's probably yeah. drowned it out for me. I fucking hate Janis Joplin. She's one of those people that are just I don't I don't understand it. Like how did she get famous? There was plenty of people back then that had a better voice to me. I think she hijacked her cover from Roger Miller because Roger Miller covered that song. Really? And you, are you familiar with Roger Miller? No, I'm not. Dang me. Mm-mm. He's the one that did all the beep 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 all the the noise. Like yeah, he did stuff? kind of bebop in yeah. some of his songs. Okay. And he hit that those notes at the end, you know, where she goes kind of off the rails and yeah. kind of does her little bebop thing. She kind of hijacked that from Roger Miller's cover, I think. And and I may be wrong on that, and it may have been the other way around. But in my mind, Roger Miller was another guy that, that just kind of got glazed over. Yeah. That Roger Miller was a genius. Like I said, I'm, I don't know that I've ever heard Christopherson's original, I guess, original version of that song. But I would assume that I like him more because I just don't like Janice's version. I don't like Janice Joplin. I don't get – to me, not that this is the thing. But if you've heard like a, a woman at karaoke or a woman singer songwriter, does every woman in the world not play Bobby McGee? They they do that cover and it's like they try to sound like I don't like it. So to me, like that's just off putting to me. And that's just how I feel. How I feel is not how everybody feels. I understand that, but I've just never cared. I've never thought Janis Joplin was that good. When JC Maxis was open, I worked there for <laughs> right. I it's worked been there. a while. I'm 28, man. I, I was in there a couple times. I probably shouldn't have been. Don't tell the <laughs> cops. But I was in there a couple times. Well, I, I worked there for the better part of a decade, pretty like eight years. I was in and out, I, whether it was playing music or bouncing yeah. or, you know, whatever I was 
doing in there. I hosted karaoke. Yeah. And the number one song requested for karaoke oh, I don't doubt it. was The Picture, was Sheryl Crow and Kid Oh, I Rock. thought you were about to say Bobby McGee. Though. No. Ugh. I would Ugh. rather jump in the river Ugh. blindfolded than say, oh, God, I hate that song so That's much. That's how I feel about oh. Kid Rock in general. I'd like to punch Kid Rock in the mouth. I, I I've, I've said Rock. it before, and I actually edited out, so the fans out there probably haven't heard this, but at this point in our podcast, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Kid Rock is music for guys that like to beat their wives. He's a stroke job, for sure. <laughs> it is awful. I much, much prefer his early 90s, we'll, we'll put quotations around rap. I much prefer that. Ball with the ball. I'll, I'll get down with ball to the ball and cowboy more than I will picture in all this fucking Americana country. Like, oh my God, people, I don't understand it, man. I just, I really don't. Like, I understand that there's different levels of like, or at least we think there is. Like, we're musicians, and like we said earlier, we listen to music differently than people that just listen to music and people right. out there that may take that as an insult it's not an insult i don't mean it as an insult no. we hear music differently i don't understand what's what's in kid rock's music that people really really just go out and they want to buy their record they buy his records or they're they're rushing to the store because they just put out a cd i don't get it i don't get it kid rock is the perfect segue because he's packageable and he's what Nashville. he's not though he's in what they've become he's the party well loud look how cool i am with my pickup truck and my bud light He's the become that red stag. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh. he's. I've talked about that before yeah. too. Awful, by the way. But like, you Take know, my he, word for it. He's that packageable piece of bubble gum that people like. He's like he's like country and he's rock and roll. Yeah, I'm like he's not. We were trying different one. things. We were smoking funny things. Oh my god, dude! dude the, the first band I played in, we did it too. Intent. Oh. Don't don't. You don't have to tell me about it. Oh. It's like, do you people not realize this is Sweet Home Alabama and Werewolves in London in one song and nobody cares? It made me so mad. I hated. I hated playing it on stage. Don't don't play Sweet Home Alabama and and uh, what's that song called? All summer long. All summer. Don't long, Don't play yeah. All Summer Long and Sweet Home Alabama back they're, to back in the set list. Don't do it. No. We, I mean, if you're going to put them as a mashup, yeah. If you're going to put them as a we mashup, them yeah. Up. Okay, but like, don't be like, all right, here's all summer long, and then you're done. All right, I hope you guys are having a good night. Here's Sweet Home Alabama. Don't do that. I forced my wife. Yes, I forced my wife to learn the flute piece for. You can't forced you, her. Can't you see? <laughs> Once upon a time. And now I will never play that song again live. Really? I'll never play. I'll never play. We do that song quite a bit because we have a flute player that also yeah. plays sax in the band, and people get a kick out of that. I, you know they what do, mean? but I just, I just, heard, I've played it so many times, and I've heard it so many times. I just don't want to play it anymore. Better but than wagon wheel, bud. You know what? That's true. Better than I have a wheel. rule: you have to be under eight or over eighty before I'll play wagon wheel for you. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a child or an yeah. elderly person. My rule is: is where's the money? <laughs> that's that's. You know, it's crazy though because I've said it, and people probably know that I've said it. Wagon wheel became the new freebird, and it's it's gotten lost yeah. in the mix somewhere, and. I thank you, Lord, up above that it's gotten lost because people don't ask for it anymore. And thank you for not asking for it because literally, as a musician, how do you get excited that we're about to play Wagonwell? Like, it's like when you're on stage, because when we're on stage with the guys, I'm always like, because they always tell me, like, hey, your name's on the band. You're the leader. Call the songs. Yeah. I'll turn around. We'll finish the song. Be like, all right, guys, what do you want to play? Oh, I don't know. Like, I want to... As soon as somebody in that band says, let's play Wagonwell, I want to punch one of my band members in the face. Don't ever suggest to me that we should play Wagonwell unless we're in a bar that looks like we should play Wagonwell and it's going to go over very, very well. Then we'll probably do it. We were playing uh, in Clarksburg one night and I used to, we used to play Streets of Bakersfield with Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. And we would play, you know, there was Dwight Yoakam and Buck Owens. So we would play that song, but I would start it in the first four bars of Wagonwell. Yeah. And we would cut because it's capo on the second fret and it's the same chord progression. See, we don't play it like that. See, but yeah. And it would fire. I play it in standard G because it's yeah. easier for me to sing. We would fire right into Straits of Bakersfield. I made a whole table oh, full of people get up off. and leave. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd say, yeah. this is a sing-along. This isn't started, Wagon Wheel. And they bail. Yeah, this isn't Wagon Wheel. Correct. Come on, man. We're there. We're supposed to be heading down the coast to Carolina and all that stuff. I mean, you do know that the, the chorus of Wagon Wheel Bob Dylan. is Bob Dylan. Yes. It blows my mind that people don't know that. When we used to do that, I used to tell everybody, like, hey, I'll buy the first person a beer that can come mm-hmm. up here and tell me who wrote the chorus of the song. Yep. I, yep. Nobody would never know. Nope. And not have a clue. And catch Secor from Old Crow Medicine, who's no longer with them. Let me just tell you real quick before you continue. Old Crow's got 100,000 better songs than Wagon Wheel. They do, absolutely. Wagon Wheel just got oh, big, and that's that's the bottom line. I mean, uh, it was the most incredible songs. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That album that Wagon Wheel is on, that's probably the worst song on that album. I agree. I agree with they that. They have incredible music, and absolutely. that's awful. Yeah. Yep. So let's jump back into like the interweaving of the okay. country music. So we had that outlaw movement in the seventies. Yep. And I, I feel like with the the progression of the internet, with the progression of technology, it's kind of happening again with guys like Sturgill, with guys like Tyler Childers, guys like Colter Wall, um, Vincent Neil Emerson. So not sure if you've heard him or not. I, I just want to tell you that I don't think I've listened to enough of any of these guys. I'm 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 gonna tell you, I know I don't like Sturgill. Yeah. I mean, you could probably show me stuff and I'd be like, that's good. He's very talented, but sure. it's not gonna be something I listen to. Where with Billy today, I had told you that I I'd never really listened to him in depth. I'd put that his newest album on. I forget what it's called. It's called Home. What's it, what's it called? Maybe. Let me look real quick. That way everybody knows what exactly it is that I'm talking uh, about. The newest one, I'm not sure. I think uh, what's Turmoil and Tinfoil. It is called Home 2019. Home. Okay. It's incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it's he, so good. He does so well of being able to like interchange the 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 psychedelic and the the jam grass and mm-hmm. the and it's, it's just it's it's incredible. But Tyler I've listened to a bunch of. I have said it before on the podcast. I didn't like Tyler until I got with my girlfriend Hannah and she just kind of she loved Tyler and she yeah. kind of put me into that and then I started playing it and you kind of feel the emotion not you only do. when you hear it, but when you play it. Right. You feel the stuff that he's talking sure. about. It's incredible. But I don't know that I've listened to a lot of this. We'll say the new age outlaw. Yeah. The new age outlaw. We're not talking about Billy Gunn and those guys in the <laughs> WWE, but you know, we'll say the New Age Outlaw Country. I've not listened to enough of it. There's there's some that I've listened to where I know I don't like it, but I've listened to the Billy Strings and Tyler. Those are the two guys that I've listened to the most. We won't throw Isbel into that because Isbel's not country that way. I agree. He's more of a songwriter, rocky, right. driven country. Yeah, I um, call him more. I mean, I hate to use this term. You hate to use it. I know where you're gonna go. go Americana. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just. But see, that's the thing. Like they label Tyler as Americana. They do. And Where Americana is much more folky country or folky bluegrass type yeah. of stuff, especially. I mean, he just put out a fiddle album. I mean, right. Jesus Christ, that's, that's bluegrass. And it's, it's amazing, by the way. You don't get more country than that. No, absolutely not. But he is very much Americana or roots rock. Right. Is what I would okay. consider. Well, roots Th- rock. I understand. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Then you've got guys like Whitey Morgan, Cody Jenks. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know much about Whitey Morgan. Um, those are the kind of the action, like they have that Wayland sound, that phaser, that in your face kind of, you know, we're rowdy. This is mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And we don't give a shit about your opinion. Did Wayland do, I don't think Hank done it this way. Was that Wayland? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, I love that song. Yeah. Love that song. See, like I said, I know Waylon. Yeah. It's, it's up here, but I've not listened to enough of them. Whitey Morgan, a lot of people compare these musicians to Johnny Cash, like Colter Wall. They're like, oh man, he sounds like Johnny Cash. I'm like, he doesn't sound like Johnny yeah. Cash. Uh, Whitey is one that they said they compare to Waylon. I'm like, you know, I see that way more than I do the, the other comparisons. The yeah. Ladder. But, you know, it's, it's that style. And Cody Jinx, I feel like, falls into that category as well. See, I want to say that I've heard a couple of songs by Cody Jinx I didn't, I didn't care for. Uh, I'm Not the Devil. Is one. I'm not sure. It was probably one of the bigger songs that he has on the radio okay. right now. Well, I don't know that. See, a lot of these guys don't, they're not getting that radio play at all. 
You know, if you're if you're looking well, for uh, guys, I shouldn't like, say radio play. I right. should say bar play. Uh, okay. Because you know what I mean. When you play yeah. these shows at night and you get done playing, nobody wants to hear your fucking <laughs> jam band classic rock music anymore. <laughs> right. They play this song. Must be the whiskey. Yes, that's that's Cody. Yeah. I didn't care for it. But like I said, I've not listened to it enough. That's just one, you know, one example of a song that I didn't care for. You know what? That might even be. Look that up and see who that is. Because it says Cody Jinx must be the whiskey. I was gonna say I think it's song. Cody Jinx. His, it's, his number one song played or number one played song. On Spotify's loud and heavy. Yes. Then hippies and cowboys. Yes. Like, hippies and cowboys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't do much for me. Raising hell with the hippies and the cowboys. It doesn't yeah. do much for me. I'm a fan because he is one of those guys overall that just does what he's doing. Yeah, and I understand where you're coming from for that. For me, and it's like I said it before with Sturgill, that Cody Jenks and Sturgill stuff, what I've heard, to me, it sounds like an imitation of old country, whereas an example for me where Stapleton, and this is what I love about Stapleton, Stapleton can put out a song tomorrow and it could sound like it came from 1970 yeah. and it was recorded in 1970 and you would not know that it was recorded today. Right. And then it'll put out a song like, uh, oh, what's the song? Uh, Millionaire. Okay. It's, it's a very, very much more poppy kind of country song yeah. in today's, and you can tell it was recorded today. But to me, Stapleton does a very good job of sounding old country, but not giving that imitation vibe. But to me, and, and music hits everybody's ears differently, but that's what I hear when I listen I, to those guys. I get that. I never really saw it that way, but I get that. I understand that. Nevertheless, I think what those guys are doing in their own right is kind of a slap in the face to what the industry wouldn't let them do on their own. I think they're, they're kind of releasing these things. They're, well, they're interpreting they're interpreting what country, quote-unquote country, yeah. is to themselves. Right. And it's not what Nashville's... It doesn't fit the package. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why terms like Americana have come back around because we can't call it country because no. they won't allow us to call it country. What, how do you feel about Eric Church? I, I have a love-hate with Eric Church. And I completely agree. Oh, my goodness. See, th- this is why I love Spotify while we're recording because I just type <laughs> in somebody's name and I kind of see what the big songs... What was that album called? Uh, Chief. Chief, yeah. That, he had some really good songs he on did. that album. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's got some songs that I really, really enjoy and they're catchy. If, if I can say one thing about Eric Church, he's got catchy songs that are catchy as shit. But it's still over, to me, it's overproduced country music. I love the fact that he writes his own music. I hate the fact that it fits the mold. Yeah. No, I understand That's what you mean. That's my love-hate with him, Liz, is he's got some songs that well, are... you think Luke Bryan's trash, right? Oh, he's a fucking piece Okay, of shit. good. I'm glad we're on the same page on that. <laughs> I, uh... He hears that and just rolls over in his pile of hundreds and his bed. He doesn't give a fuck. He but, don't give a single solitary fuck what we think about that. You know what I mean? But I just want to get that out there, bro. <laughs> Most of those guys, I don't I don't really care for. If they come on, they're interchangeable. You could take... It's just like just like the, the radio rock from the 2010s. You get, oh, God. You, you've got your, you know, you're hindering the theory of a dead Nickelback. Like, it's all the same fucking band. But I, okay. I'm going to jump in on this one. I've seen Hinder, Papa Roach, all those guys live in Morgantown. Hinder was fucking phenomenal live. Their songs are very much radio rock and stadium rock of the yeah. 2000s. They're much better than Theory of a Dead Man. In my, I think I, I fucking hate that guy's voice in Theory of a Dead Man. Yeah. I think his voice is terrible. Nickelback is, is great musically, but I don't want to listen to them because no. it just it, it doesn't do anything for me. Their music is good. They do a lot of things music instrumentally wise that I think is really good, but it just it doesn't do anything for me. I feel like they're interchangeable though. You could take any of those members yeah, you're right out of that with band that, yeah. and they're all the same yeah. band. There's there's no musically they're all there's no the artistic same. yeah, no, no absolutely. And whereas whereas guys like Eric Church have that musicianship that they can go, Oh, I wrote this song. Yeah. But it kind of sounds like everything else that's being written. Yeah. When you look at when you look at songwriters, this is a big thing for me. Is when you look at the people who are writing these songs, it's all the same people. 
Well, that's why Stapleton was as big as he was for a while. And same thing with Jamie Johnson. I mean, I love Jamie Johnson. A lot of people don't even think about Jamie Johnson. But Jamie Johnson is a fucking phenomenal writer. Absolutely. The Fantastic fir- writer. The first thing he did when he was released from his record label was record a Hank Snow tribute album. Yeah. And it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Or I'm sorry, Hank Cochran. Between Jennings and Jones tells yeah. everything you need to know about Jamie Johnson. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, literally. Yeah. And I, we did the we did the review, and it's not been released yet. By the time this gets released, it may be re- actually I know it'll be released. But between Jennings and Jones is literally a finger to everybody mm-hmm. that ever said anything bad about Jamie Johnson because he's literally telling you like, hey, think what you want about me, but if you go to the country store or section in your FYE or Walmart, wherever, Johnson's going to be in between Jennings and Jones, and it's going to be there. It, it, it's genius as a songwriting. It's genius. I used to cover that one. I love that yeah. song. It's a good song. Yep. And I mean, just I love when he says, like, you know, the record execs came in, and they sound, said I sounded great, and he's just like, okay, or what you sounded all right, and he's mm-hmm. like, all right, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, that's the thing to me. What's going to make you stand out as a country musician to me? And to me, it's songwriting. And obviously it's singing ability too, but it's guys like, and I've taken a lot of flack for this. This is my opinion. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I don't think Luke Combs is that great. I I call him Luke Bryan Jr. There's people out there that think I'm a fucking idiot because I don't think Luke Combs is that good. I don't get it. I I think he's, I think he's talented. I'm not going to say he's not talented. I just don't get why his music's as popular as it is. Because he's Luke Bryan Jr. He's, he's, he's a little less packageable. But he's also a little bit more on that end of the thing. He sings about the common themes. He sings about all those things that people. But that's what kills me about, about country. It's country's not songwriting anymore. No, it's not. No, it's, it's absolutely it, it, not. It is if all you do is like to drink Bud Light and and, <laughs> and hang out with friends and yep. go on razor rides. I mean, really? You sit by the lake on the yeah. bed of your truck. With your girl. There's no songwriting no. anymore. And that's why country no. was great to begin with Absolutely. to me because of the songwriting. Think of a song about like Poncho and Lefty. Towns Van Zant wrote Poncho and Lefty. But I mean, yep. there you go. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't have known that. But I mean, Chris Darverson and Willie. It, Merle Haggard and Willie. Was it Merle? I mm-hmm. thought Chris Darverson did that one. It was 100% Merle Haggard. Okay. Yep. So, but you, you think about a song like that, which I know very well, the storytelling in that. Is incredible. And then you look at stuff like. Beer in my hand? I mean, come on. It's it's not country music anymore. People like I understand, like, and I've said it before, so I'm guilty of saying it. Music comes in a full circle full circle, yeah. but don't call it country music. No. It's a slap in the face to everybody that came before that were doing authentic country music. I agree. I don't get it. No, I agree. That's where I that's where I stand on it. Like I said, a lot of these people are, are talented. I you know, I'll say that I hate Luke Bryan and I hate these guys, but they got it where they are because they have some level of talent. They have to. They have to to be at this point. Well, However, to continue to continue to stay as relevant as they have, you can have a one hit song that goes right. fucking platinum or gold or whatever that people love. But to mm-hmm. continue to do it, you're doing you got to be doing something right. Therefore, to me, that means you have to have some little ounce of fucking talent somewhere. Sure. If anybody takes anything away from this, that's listening. It's there is fantastic country music out there and it may fall under the umbrella of Americana or Ameripolitan for those of you who are familiar with Dale Watson. I've not heard of Ameripolitan before. Dale Watson and his Lone Stars. Ameripublican? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Dale Watson. As we set, as we set, we're just curious who the president of the United States is going to be next. Continue. Yes. I hope it's me. I hope they just write me in. Like, just let me know. You know what's funny is I didn't see Kanye Kanye on any of the ballots anywhere. (laughs) This guy, I don't know. There's this random guy that everybody keeps posting about on Facebook that has percentage of the ballots. Where's Kanye at? That's You're right. telling me nobody wrote Kanye in? Somebody had to write Kanye in. You know there was people that wrote Kanye in. We digress. 
When I look at the analytics on this podcast, it'll be like exactly this point where they were like, turn it off. Bailed. Turn it off. If, if, if anybody takes anything from this podcast, it's, it's please listen to guys like Whitey Morgan and Cody Jenks and Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers and Jason Bolin and the Straggler. Isbel. And Jason, listen, because, Jason Isbel first and, and foremost. Because to me, Isbel is the kind of person that you can listen to even if you're not a country yes, guy. absolutely. And you're going to fucking appreciate it's it. It's like Southern Rock Blues. You know, yes. he fits that genre. It's Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. And, and his wife is also... Amanda Shires. Amanda incredible. Shires is incredible. The Highway Women. Oh, she's beautiful. Fuck it. Have you, done, have you, done, have you seen the fucking a, cover of the... the, yeah. the what is it? The, the Chain? Yes. It's killer. <sighs> It's killer. She, she's fantastic, yep. and the harmonies that she does on his records are great. And yes. let me tell you that here's why. And and I mean we've we've kind of been talking about this mm-hmm. for a while. Whatever, I don't care. It's my podcast. It can be six hours long. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll put it out. But there's the Isbel that you get when it's a Jason Isbel record is more delicate than right. what you're going to get with the 400 unit. But I fucking love the 400 oh, unit stuff so because it's so fucking rock driven yes. on, on 90% of mm-hmm. the music that you get that ballsy, gritty feeling. But yep. then he comes in and he starts singing and the words that he's singing, it makes you fucking think. And I've said it since day one, man, good music and music that makes you think, whether it's musically, whether it's lyrically, it doesn't matter. If it makes you think, it's good music. Yep. He's got two covers on YouTube that you can find. One is The Pilgrim, Chapter 33 by Chris Christopherson. Not heard that. Oh, God. It makes yeah. me want to cry. Yeah. And he covers uh, he covers Poncho and Lefty. I've not heard that either. Which is fucking incredible. I mean, I can only imagine. They, they both just get me right in my feels. I'm really? like, oh, my God. I yeah. believe you. I believe yeah. everything you say. Yeah. It's, it, it's crazy. I was thinking about this today. I was driving to work. We trash a lot of the music that's out there today as musicians. We do whatever. And we can, you, people out there listening can consider it that ego thing that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. But think about the time that we're alive right now. Think about all the great musicians you have. I mean, the Hendrixes and stuff had kind of passed us by because the Hendrix had died before then and all that stuff. But think about, think about guys to me like B.B. King. Right. Who just died in the past 10 years. You know, B.B. was around for half of my lifetime. Right. And guys like that, you got guys like Isbel, who is by far, and you said it, the best songwriter out there today. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best songwriter out there today, in my opinion. I mean, you can hold him up to guys like, you were talking about Towns Van Zant and fucking Bob Dylan, like the best songwriter of this generation. And there's all these great musicians. It's just like, you have to kind of dig through all the shit. And I, I mean that in a literal sense, dig right. through all the shit to kind of find the stuff that's really, really good. And to each their own, what I think shit people out there that may listen to, even I. I mean, when I think shit you may like and vice vice versa, but there's a lot of great music out there. Right. And we're talking about country here, and there's a lot of great, I don't want to say just straight country, but country-influenced or country-like, country-esque music out there. It falls under the umbrella. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, Merle Haggard being my number one, um, you know, a couple of guys that have passed away recently have been in the top 10, guys like uh, John Prine or Jerry Jeff Walker or... Well, Prine, I mean, Jesus Christ. A whole different level of songwriting. I'll just say Angel from Montgomery, and that's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> Have you heard Old Crab Medicine Show's cover of that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so good. I like my cover of it, but I'm just <laughs> saying. That's the only prime song I cover, and I just yeah. there's so much truth into that it's fucking so song that I love. Sam Stone is the one that, that, really? that yeah. really touches people now, because I mean, look, look at the epidemic going on with, with heroin and yeah. opiates and mm-hmm. Sam Stone. See, Prawn was a guy that, I mean, we've always heard the, in spite of ourselves, I mean, we've heard that song. That's a song that, it's a karaoke song that we've heard for Mm -hmm. years. Everybody's like, oh, who's going to sing the guy part? Who's going (laughs) to sing the girl part? It's a song we've heard for years. John Prine died. And I'm like, what's what's all this fuss about with John Prine? And I kind of 
This was because he, he died, what, right after the pandemic? It was in mid... Yeah, it wasn't long. Late was, spring, early summer, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yep. And I mean, I was mowing the grass. Not that I got a bunch of yard to mow, but it takes me a while to mow the grass. So I'll put on some prime and then I'll get really good noise-canceling headphones so you can really hear everything, right? And you hear the way this guy writes, and not just musically, but lyrically, lyrically. especially. Mm-hmm. And, he was a poet. Oh, my God. Oh, my... And then he, he kind of went through his... Troubles and tribulation, you know, trials and tribulation, whatever you want to call it, with with the cancer that he had and having to get half of his jaw removed and all this stuff. But he, he was still doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I hold Prine in such a high regard because he's he's kind of untouched. The what what he was doing. There's not a lot of guys out there that were doing what he was doing. No. He was kind of like that. I mean, yeah, outlaw country, but like he was kind of the rebel. Right, because he was very, he had very a lot of mainstream kind of songs that people really liked and enjoyed. But as he grew older, still had incredible songs. That to me is one of those guys that have the talent that you can't lose. It's like riding a bike; you don't forget it. When you're that talented, you don't lose that talent. Another one that that really stands out for me, and and then again, uh, you know, I keep mentioning these top five lists and my top five is Guy Clark. Seeing that's not somebody I'm not familiar with. Guy Clark is incredible. Uh, Guy Clark is one of those guys that everything he sings to me, everything he sings to me is the truth. Yeah. It's just whatever that man says is is the gospel. That's how I feel about Isbel. And, you know, and that, and the same way, same way with yeah. me, you know, I mean, if I had to pick top three, it's Merle Haggard, Guy Clark, and Jason Isbell. Not necessarily in that order, but those three guys it, it, for but, me. But to put him in that light, yes. that's, that says everything he needs to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, t- and Towns, you know, him and Towns were, were friends for years and years. And really, years. yeah. And it's just those guys that nobody knows that, you know. They were when, behind it all, but when, it's not the face you see on it. Right. When somebody looks at me and says, you listen to Guy Clark, I want to hug him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to hug you for asking me that. Like, I don't know yeah. you, but that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I like, understand it. That's 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 for me. What music should be is is when I listen to that, I, I should feel something different. That song should make sense to me and it should touch me in a different way. Yeah. It's almost like the exact opposite when somebody says, oh, yeah, cover me up. You mean my Morgan Wallen? Oh, God. Yeah. It's, oh, God. it's the, kind of the exact opposite reaction. The complete opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. You have no idea how many yeah. times people will come up and be like, you know any Morgan Wallen? I'm like, cover me up in D, guys. Here we yeah. go. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, you mean Jason Isbell's life about being a recovering alcoholic and yeah. love for his wife, oh, who's also God. his fiddle player? Like, oh, you mean God. that song touches you a different that, way that man from Morgan lives Wallen? It. Get out that of here. man lives it. He literally, he's a fucking recovering alcoholic and drug addict he lives it he writes in a song if we were vampires my god. oh man that song oh, god. my god he's incredible he is incredible everything that he touches elephant is gold. my yes. god just the yes. writing like literally talking goosebumps same just i mean yeah i listened to, I'm, I'm speechless i listened mm-hmm. to isbel's music and uh, for those of you that still haven't listened to isbel after we've talked about him and talked about him on the music dicks we've done an album review fucking go listen to jason isbel because he he just he, he writes a certain way that he could he could tell you the most simplest thing in the world, but he would he would take his way of writing around that simple thing and making you think about what he's fucking talking about. Absolutely. He's one of those guys where I'll have to like, what the fuck's he talking about? And then you research it and you find out what he's talking about. You're like, okay, I know what he's talking about. Just yep. because he, he just, and he's so eloquent in the way he writes. Absolutely. He just, uh, I mean, literally, <laughs> I, I'm speechless because to me, like, I would just like to shake that man's hand and be like, listen. Oh, I yeah. hope that you realize how important you are to music as a whole. He made me listen to Drive By Truckers more. See, I, mm, Patterson, I, Patterson Hood is a, is a different character. Yeah. But 
To to me, he's 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 much better as a solo artist or as the four hundred years of drive by trucker. Uh, well, the the drive by truckers had great agree. songs. I definitely agree with yeah. that. But 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 I, I never really gave them a second thought until yeah. I, I heard the until the, it, it occurred to me that Jason Isbell came from there. Well, see, and that's how it was with me with Stapleton. Yeah, because I'd heard the Steel Drivers before, and then I'm like, "Who's this Chris Stapleton guy?" And then right. I'm like, "Oh God, that's the Stapleton that was in the Steel Drivers." And yep. you hear that voice, and it's like you can't mistake in that voice for the Steel Drivers. Yep. It, it's it's incredible, but like I said, if you still haven't listened to Isbel yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like you need to listen to Isbel. That's absolutely 100 percent correct. Then you said it earlier, probably the best songwriter that's out right now. I mean, mm-hmm. we've said it before on the show before you'd ever come along. I, I really truly believe that he is the best songwriter out there. That that man is writing books and songs and putting them together. Oh, absolutely incredible. So what's what's your opinion? I mean, I know you're wearing a shirt that says "fuck pop country," but like, what's is there anything out there nowadays that other than Stapleton that's on like mainstream radio that really kind of catches your ear and you're pleased by? You know, I'd be able to answer that more honestly if I listened to the radio more. Yeah, I don't listen to the radio. I'll either. be honest with you. I, I pick. I know what I like on Spotify. You know, and I have a lot of friends that listen yeah. consistently to the radio. That'll that'll stop me and say, "Hey, have you heard this song?" Yeah. Or I'll have friends that call me and say, "Can you learn this for me and teach it to me?" Well, see, and or, to me, and I've already said it. It's it's tearing down at the end of the night. Yeah. Or setting up at the beginning of the night when we're right. playing these bars and you're hearing these songs and you're like, "Man, this is fucking awful." Mm-hmm. Like, is this really a fucking popular song right now? You know what I mean? That's how I look at it, or that's how I hear it. I agree. I agree with that. I hear things sometimes. I'm like, you got to shut this off. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> this just makes me uncomfortable. It makes me angry. It really it does. Shouldn't, it shouldn't make me angry as a musician. I should be like, you know what? I'm happy for this guy. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, this sounds like everything that's been released in the last 10 years. And it does. And that's the problem with most of it. See, that's the thing. Like, there's certain songs that I've heard, and... I, 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 can't, I don't want to say any in particular because none of them come to mind, but I'll hear a country song when I'm tearing down at a bar or I'm setting up and I'm like, that's really catchy. That's really good. And then it just gets drowned out by all the good music that I listen to. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, right? but you'll, you'll go back to that and I'll hear it every once in a while. And it's like, I want to say there's, and I, I could be completely wrong with this. I want to say it was Dan and Shay. And it might be speechless. I don't know that. But it's one. it's a popular yeah. pop country song that's really good. And every once in a while, I like that, I'll hear a song that I think is really really good. But then you compare it to everything else that that artist has put out, and it's like that's the one song that I can pull out of your whole a whole album that I think is right. great. What's wrong here? You're right. It, it, I don't know. You're the country guy. I just think that it's almost it, it's up and down. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally up and down. It's it's almost like the wave. You know what I mean? Literally the wave. You go to a stadium, you do the wave. It's like there for 10, 15 yeah. years, music will be really, really good in the country genre. Right. And then you'll pass it up. I, I think a lot of like you look at guys like Brooks and Dunn. Fucking incredible, in my opinion. George Strait, man. George Strait. Not a guy I listen to every day. Fucking great music. Alan Jackson. Not a guy I listen to every day. Great music. Alabama. Once again, great music. I got to say, Alan Jackson's guitar player was a head and shoulders above anyone that was in the industry. Alan Jackson's got some great guitar parts on his music. Absolutely. Brent Brent Mason. Uh, Brent or Brett? I don't remember. I want to say say it's Brent. I think think it's Brent Brent Mason. Um, A buddy of mine from years ago, Chad Cathel. I know Chad, Jay's brother. Chad mm-hmm. uh, Chad yeah. got called up to cover so uh, an Alan Jackson impersonator called him to come in and play some of Brent Mason stuff and mm-hmm. he was like man he said I had to learn two hours of Brent Mason music yeah. in two weeks and he said I don't think I could do it yeah he pulled it off but man you know that's that's when when you say that name people, guitar players go wow yeah really see that's the thing with country music there's those studio those session guys that are that are much better than you could ever hope to be in your life there's a YouTube channel called Homeschooling right now really. That guy's a session guy in Nashville, and he is in 
incredible. Well, Check him out. It's funny because you showed me or you told me to look at the summertime video with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Billy Strings and uh, Marcus, Marcus King. King. And it's like you hear Marcus King play, right? And uh, Marcus King's it leaves me speechless once yeah. again. But you hear him picking out these jazzy chords when he's playing behind Billy, kind of doing his thing. And it's, it's so, so good. And then you hear Billy and it's like. Wow. Mm-hmm. This guy's flat picking all over the place, but he has this perfect just rhythm hand when he right. plays his rhythm and his voice is phenomenal. And Marcus didn't even sing, I don't think, on that. And Marcus has got a great voice, in my opinion, too. You close your eyes, you listen to Marcus, you don't know what he looks like. He sounds like a black man singing blues. <laughs> and But I love him for that. Yeah. Because it's genuine. They did a cover of the uh, the Lonesome Fugitive, which is a Merle Haggard song. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one, that ble- and Marcus King sang on it, and it blew me away. I was like, wow. Like, anybody that covers Merle and does it well, it mm-hmm. has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I um I, I agree with that statement. I, I would think that holding Merle as high as you hold him and knowing how big he is in the country music industry and genre, that, that statement completely makes sense. So, I mean, most of you out there are familiar with my Iva Waste um, you're familiar with Tristan Voice, as we said. He's no longer he's no longer with us, at least today. He's still alive. I've said that before. Don't worry, everything's fine. Um, but I mean, take Andy's word for it because this guy is a, is a country guy. He he likes country music. He I, I don't want to say like because I like country music too. But you you appreciate it and enjoy it much more than I have to yet, or I've become to yet. I mean, like I said, I listen. To, I mean, not Billy Strings is in the same aspect of regard as the Merles or the Waylands and stuff like that. But like that's that opened up a door for me today. Listening to just that one album because it was basically your recommendation. You said that he's really really good, and I'm like mm, I've not listened to enough. So I took the initiative to listen to more, and I appreciate that now. So. Like I said, take his word for it. If you don't, you know, if you don't take mine or nothing that I say holds water, this guy really, really enjoys it. So listen to him because what he says is really what he believes. It's home to me. That's yeah. where I go, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what's happening, if I'm happy, if I'm sad, if I'm mad, if I'm, you know, distraught over anything, it, it, it's country for me yeah. because there's always a message to be found. And these guys that I listen to, they deliver their own message in a certain way. Well, and, and I believe that, like I said earlier, you kind of have to shovel through the shit a lot more nowadays to find that. You do. But much more so being the older country stuff, that's where it's at. That's where your songwriting, your storytelling is at. Sure. There weren't many guys getting through the, the, the proverbial nets and swimming out to, to deeper waters back in the day that were just putting out your cookie cutter bullshit that you get nowadays because that's not what we wanted back then. No. And so, you know, a lot of these guys that are the that are the good songwriters that have the best messages that have something to tell you aren't the best singers they're not the no, they, don't, they don't need to be yeah they're not the stapletons that can wail and hit those well stapleton stapleton is one of those guys that is a, is a what's the word for it <laughs> a freak well he's the um oh sandpaper to silk he's one of those well, guys that he's, goes he's one of those guys that has both mm-hmm. he's one he of those rare occurrences where he's got an incredible voice but he's also he can also write you an, a, an incredible song as he's well a, an enigma. Enigma. I was trying to think of what... Uh, he's the white buffalo. Uh, there we go. That's what I was looking for, the white buffalo. The white buffalo. Speaking of the white buffalo... Oh, God, here we go again. One that I, one, <laughs> he's a guy that I can get into. If anybody watched Sons of Anarchy... I don't know who that is. He He's the guy that... A lot of the songs you heard on Sons of Anarchy... I, the, I never the, watched the Sons theme of Anarchy. So, wasn't, the, my, the, wasn't my thing. The theme song? Yeah. The White Buffalo. Really? Yeah. He's uh He kind of fits that genre a okay. little bit. He, uh, he ain't bad. I can get down to some white buffalo here and then. 
Well, I just I use the white buffalo, meaning like the the prettiest girl of all the land. So like Stapleton's <laughs> right. got both; he can do them both great. Sure, but you're you're absolutely right. They're not always going to have the best voices. There's those occurrences like Stapleton, like Isbel, Towns Van Zant, Childers is another one. I think Childers. I mean, say what you want; he's got great songwriting, but his voice it, it it's eerie. He's got that tone to his voice that's kind of... It's, it's, it's kind of It's, eerie, it's yeah. tough to duplicate. It, oh, absolutely. If you don't have that voice, you no. can't do that. I play mm-hmm. a lot of Tyler Childers, but I can't sound like Tyler Childers. Same. I do my own thing of Tyler Childers. That's how I do it. Same. Yep. Absolutely. And guys like Guy Clark, you know, guys like Towns Van Zant, guys, those guys that have been around for years, Steve Earle. Yeah. Uh, those guys that have been around for a long time. You know, Steve Earle just recently put out an album about all West Virginia stuff. He did. And yeah. it, the album was fantastic. I haven't listened. I'll have Go- to listen. Was it Ghosts of Appalachia? Or? I think that's what it's yeah. called. Ghosts mm-hmm. of Appalachia or something like that. Yeah. It was fantastic. I'm not listening to it. I'll have to. But see, th- this is what's great about this. Because not that you don't listen to a lot of the music that I already like, but there's plenty of bands out there that I really appreciate and like that you probably have no idea about and vice versa. Right. With the stuff like, I know who Steve Earle is, but sure. I've not listened to enough Steve Earle deep tracks to really know how you know if he's really as good as you say he is but that's 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 another reason why i love doing this podcast because i wish that i mean and not that i haven't listened to a music podcast before but it's nice hearing somebody else say hey you should listen to this because it's really good because then if i go and listen to it i'm like oh my god i discovered something because i listened to somebody tell me hey you should go check this out is i actually found um because i was playing me and margaritas one time I was doing sound check. I was playing Cortez the Killer by Neil Young, sound checking with it. I went off stage, had like half hour, was getting drinks and food. Some guy came up to me and he's like, hey man, were, were you sound checking with Cortez the Killer? And I'm like, yeah, it's, that's that's what I usually sound check with so I can get my vocals and my guitar and everything tight. And uh, he was like, have you ever heard of, uh, for, there was another guy he told me about, but the second guy that he told me about was Jason Isbell. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I've never heard about him. He told me, he's like, go listen to Nashville Sound. This has been a couple of years. He's like, go listen to Nashville Sound. I think you'll really appreciate it. And it's like from there, don't know who that guy was but thank you very much you know what i mean somebody came up to me he's like hey i think you'd appreciate that and and that's the type of thing that i love this podcast for because there's people out there that'll hear this that don't know what we're talking about and they kind of get that itch that they can't scratch so they go listen to what we're talking about and they 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 learn something or find something new that they really like sure absolutely and anytime i can turn somebody onto that i will especially if i'm playing out i uh i like to cover those off the beat things Mm -hmm. and think songs that you don't hear even even stuff on B-sides of those tracks, you know, those that, albums. That's that, us, man. Yes. We, we play like 10% of fucking hits and the rest of them are all obscure songs. Absolutely. Because I want people to come up to me and be like, who the fuck does that song? That's the hard part about playing, too, is because yeah. a lot of people don't appreciate the same thing. Well, you got to do, you, you, you as, I don't want to say as a cover band, because so many people think we're a cover band. Like, we have an original album that's on Spotify. <laughs> I fucking, that, that makes me want to fight somebody. I need to come take a boxing class so hey, I can do it, le- like, legitimately. But Come see me. You know what I mean? Like, it kills me when people say, oh, you're just a cover band. Like, we have original music, but this is West Virginia, man. It's really, really tough to be, be an original artist in this fucking state. You're right. I mean, once again, with the Davisons, like the Davisons have original music, but they were playing covers for years. I like their original music better than I like their covers. Yeah. And I listened to them twice a month for eight years at Maxi's. Yeah. There you (laughs) go. I'm just, but but it's really, really hard to play original music around here. Right. And trust me, I love when somebody comes up at a show and says, hey, can you play Ghost of You or can you play Come Inside? Can you play one of the songs that's off your album? That is great. Sure. As a songwriter, as a musician. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I get a reaction out of me playing, um, I I don't know, uh, Britney Spears cover. Or um, what's the time of time of your life? The fucking dirty dancing song. Like 
like some of the stuff that you don't necessarily think that a guy like me is going to play, but you get a reaction out of and somebody comes up right. to you and you're like, wow, that was really, really good. Like, it's also very nice, but it's it's much nicer having somebody come up and say, hey, play one of the songs off your album. Sure. You so know what I mean? If anybody takes anything from this, check out the original music. Check out those tunes. If you really want to make a, an impression on a musician, know what they do Absolutely. themselves. Absolutely. Well, with all that being said, all 100 and not 100, all hour and 40 some minutes of it, you guys know me by now. My name is Josh Fonzie. I appreciate you guys listening to the Music Dicks as always. You can find us on, you know, now you can find us on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, iTunes. There's a bunch of apps you can find us on. Just look up the Music Dicks, D-I-C-T-S, on Google, and a bunch of uh, sites and ads or links will come up and... You probably know that by now because you're listening to this. But if you're not, thank you guys for listening. Facebook.com slash Music Dicks. Make sure you check that out as well. We have an Instagram page and an email as well. That can all be found on the Facebook page. Um, you know, I appreciate Andy for coming and setting in with me today. It's it's a very, like I said, it's a very much, this is uncharted waters for us. This I feel like uh, we might experience a shark named Jaws because I've never been here before. It's very, very new. It's dark. We yeah, it's dark. It's we, we 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 talk about country from time to time, but it's not something that we do a whole episode on. Right. You know what I mean? And there's very much stuff out there that I really, really think people should be listening to. And there's very, very much so stuff out there that I'm like, why are you listening to it? <laughs> to each their own, tomato tomato, different strokes for different folks. I can say it whatever way you want me to say it. It doesn't really matter. But like I said, thank you, man, for being here. I appreciate it. Uh hopefully everybody out there got a nice little insight into uh the country music genre because you usually don't get that from us so it's something new we're trying something new here everybody thank you guys for listening another episode of the music dicks we'll see you again next time yeah Are you thinking about buying or selling a home? The realtor you choose matters much more than you might realize. When you're buying, we are the ones who guide you through the process of selecting a property, arranging for inspectors that you can trust, refer you to lenders that will meet your needs, and so much more. When you are selling, we help you navigate the regional market and meet your priorities for the sale. I am Katie Gattens, and I work with Coldwell Banker Hometown Realty located in Mineral County, West Virginia. I'm licensed in West Virginia and Maryland, and I'm happy to help you. Find me online at gattenshomes.com. That's G-A-T-T-E-N-S homes.com.